This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Spy. Hello. And uh, that V is silent, right? Yeah, it is silent. See, the reason I tell people to just not even bother with the V is because people have come up with every possible mispronunciation <laughs> that they could come up with for the V. Mm-hmm. I've been called Spiv, Spy 5, because they think it's like the Roman numeral. Mm-hmm. Or they say it like Spivy. <laughs> and I just go, I'm like, you know what, just say Spy and we'll be good. So what is it? it spy V? It is Spy V. That is the correct way to say that it. That was my guess. That was my guess all along. <laughs> yes, but the internet, man, they, if they can mess it up, they'll find a way to mess it up. Yes. I understand. That's how the oh, internet works, my right? Face. Zoom in on me. I fixed Zoom you. Out. I fixed you, Will. Okay. So, <laughs> today I like is the what? background today, by the way. I have uh, Jill DeKrill, and you have Bill DeKrill. I do. We had Jill and Bill. Um, so, what is today, Will? Today is a Manic Monday. And before we get into our Manic Monday mania, uh, Spivey, tell everybody about your channel. So, I'm a mainly movie channel, though I will pop into other pop culture and media-related topics occasionally. Um, I'm primarily focused on doing reviews and video essays uh, surrounding various media, and I always do a speed paint related to whatever the media is in the background for my artwork. And um, I also have gotten a little bit of clout off of doing character redesigns from popular media. So I do a few different things, but it is all generally within that realm. Yeah, Yeah, this this video really blew up for you. Almost almost 90,000 views. Yeah, that was insane. Yeah. You want to take a guess at how many subscribers I had when I posted that video? Probably 100, maybe less. I had 33. <laughs> wow. YouTube really did some work for you, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think YouTube really helped me out on that one. <laughs> Sometimes things just work out. It's like crazy. So That's true. The algorithm is impossible to understand, but it can really work in your favor. <laughs> did you get monetized yet? I have been monetized now. Unfortunately, I missed out on almost 90,000 views from that video. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. came a little late, but I am monetized now. Well, that's good anyways. At least the video got you somewhere, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I wouldn't even have the thousand subs without that video. So, you got to take what you can get. Absolutely. So, with that being said, with this uh, Manic Monday, Will, why don't you give us that ASMR intro? Oh, no. I don't like doing that one. <laughs> Manic Monday. <laughs> right in the face. All right. So in the face. Today, in the face. there has been way too many things going on in video games lately and entertainment in general. So instead of, like, covering a one big topic, this is just the too much news segment. <laughs> so the first one Will's very, very interested in is uh, the Xbox Series S has been released for the price, two ninety nine. That's well, not The information's too... been released. It has not been released. Whatever. The do- the dollar amount is not two dollars and ninety nine cents. We're talking two hundred ninety nine dollars. Microsoft's not you know giving you everything for nothing. And then uh, the Xbox Series X is four hundred ninety nine dollars. That's almost five hundred. If you want to get those on the Xbox All Access, that is twenty four ninety nine a month for the Xbox Series S and thirty four ninety nine a month for the Xbox Series X. Yep. That also includes two months of Game Pass. All right, not too much. Twenty four months. Yeah, two years of Game Pass, and also now it has uh, EA. Uh, play so it's like 150 plus games you get access to and 
you get the console itself, and after two years, you're all paid up. Um, mm-hmm. If you get the Series S, somebody did the math and said, hey, you actually save $60 total over the course of two years on Game Pass with the S model, and you save $20 over the course of two years with the X model. So you save a little more money with the S, but mm-hmm. you don't get the disc drive with the S model. Yep. So you can't play all your that, old games. Gonna, there is an upgrade option or something. It's like you get you pay a certain amount on the S, and you can upgrade, sort of like how you do with cell phones. I'm not oh. sure how that works, but... Yeah, it's essentially a cell phone plan. So did you hear anything about yeah. this uh, spy? Yeah, I mean, just my brother is more of a console player than I am, so I hear a little bit through him. But I was surprised that they went the full 499 for the X. I didn't think they'd go past 500, but going right up to it for sure. <laughs> 299 though, is that's a pretty good price point for not ridiculous downgrades if you would from the full series x now when so was the last time you bought a console uh myself personally never mm-hmm. oh but <laughs> unless you want to count like the switch like i have a switch that's the only console yeah. anything that i have but um yeah i think my brother has an xbox one so that's but i, ke- I try to keep up with what happens in the industry so i heard mm-hmm. about this that's for sure <laughs> Well, you know, anything that can play on the Series X will be also on PC. So PC gamers are very, very much in tune with the Xbox lately because yeah. that platform is definitely supporting the PC Master Race as well. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. the second topic may be more interesting to you, but uh, did you have anything more to say about this, Will? Are you interested in it? Other than the the S is very confusing to me, the actual specs of it. Um, there are a lot of conflicting stories about where it actually lies power-wise and what it's capable of. Uh, there's some speculation that can't actually play the Xbox One X enhancements, which is sort of disappointing. So like, is uh, it better than the One X? Is it like, able to play Do you want me to explain things? it a little better for you? Uh, so, yeah, you can. I mean, you can so try. The S, the S has the same CPU as the X, so they share a, the same does. CPU. But the throughput, the GPU for the output is a lower-powered unit than obviously the X has, but it's still a newer gen. So the chances that it can't do what the X can do are very low. I don't think Microsoft would release a console for the same price as the X and somehow it not be able to match the X. Now, I think it's official that it can't actually play those uh, the the resolution of the the upgraded 1X games. That doesn't make any sense. I I, I, I I sincerely doubt it. I think that I'll look it up right now. They're saying, they're saying, I, I, I do remember that it said something about for the um, S, they were purposely designing it to not be as good resolution in exchange for better frame rates. Okay. Um, but I, I don't know how that works for backwards compatibility with the previous gens. Or not back, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, from what I understand, Will, is it is capable of 4K. But some games will not do that to maintain the 60 frames per second across both consoles. Yeah. I'm just going to see like where it lies once it actually gets released and people can play it in real time. Now, I'm more interested in paying 35 bucks a month for a Series X when Infinite yes. drops. Far yes. more interested mm-hmm. in that. Well, I want to know. Yeah, Phil Spencer didn't respond to me, by the way, <laughs> when I asked him. <laughs> I, well, no. Are they going re- to drop uh, a limited edition Xbox for Halo or Fable? I saw some pretty interesting mock-ups on uh, Twitter the other day that could be some cool stuff. 
Yeah, you send it to me, but it's not like a person who actually works for him. No, so I whatever. Don't, I don't get my hopes up. It looks really good. I can tell you that. Yeah, like this one looks pretty good. I think that looks really good. There's this one too. Like any of these would be sweet. Yeah. Now the question is, would they be six hundred dollars? Well, and would you pay six hundred? Probably. <laughs> you're you're locked still, in. Yeah, if I can still get the uh, payment plan, yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, because then you probably pay forty yeah. bucks a month. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about the D-pad. I'm not. I'm not. I like. I like the standard Xbox One D-pad. Actually, I'm probably one of the few people that likes this. Yeah, but well, you can still use that controller, Chris. Well, yeah, I know that, but I'm saying like, if I'm going to get a new console, I'm going to get a new controller, and I'm going to use a new controller, right? I mean, yeah. it can't be as bad With as Xbox, this as this D pad though. You're not locked into it like the PlayStation Five. <laughs> it can't be as bad as this D pad though. This thing. Yeah, was that a... D pad was. A... Well, I have the the original 360 one, and then the, the upgraded one where you can actually like, rotate it and have it pop out. Sure, it works a lot better. Yeah, I've I've seen those. Those are decent. Do you use controller or mouse and keyboard, Spivey? Oh, I'm, I'm mouse and keyboard. <laughs> Full blown PC master race here on the channel for the yeah. first time ever. I don't even no. I don't even know what a console is. No, yeah, I definitely <laughs> go the PC route for stuff because um, when you're in my line of work for my major and my um, career prospects, you kind of have to have a really nice PC anyways. So you basically need a build that can run the highest, biggest, largest games anyways. So I don't have a lot of need to go out and get a console, except for the fact there are certain games that are obviously exclusive that have interested me before, but not enough that I've actually gone yeah. out and felt the need to purchase it. Fair enough. So that's kind of where I end up being. Very cool. So mm-hmm. this is, I think this next thing is more interesting to you, this um, Nintendo <laughs> yes, Breath of the is. Wild prequel. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited about this one. You want to jump on that Breath first, of the Wild. Oh, sure. So apparently it's going to be a... Um, oh, sorry, I just hit something under my desk. <laughs> it's going to be a Warriors title, which means it's going to be more combat-heavy mm-hmm. compared to open-world story-driven. But I really like the combat in Breath of the Wild, so I'm not going to mind a game that's more oriented around that. Plus, we're going to get the story of the... Um, original champions because that was always my favorite part of exploring in the original Breath of the Wild game anyways. So I am definitely looking forward to this one big time. I do think yeah. the mechanics from Breath of the Wild translate well to a warrior style game like this. Oh so. yeah. As long as they give options for like different combats or combat styles, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely going to be looking forward to that because you did have a lot of options for how you could approach a situation in Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's going to be a little bit different, but as long as you have some sort of strategy choice, as long as you have some sort of choice about how you might be able to go about things, I think that'll be really good. What's, what's interesting to me is that you know that no matter what happens in this game, what happens in Breath of the Wild still has to happen. So he's going to probably have a sad yeah. ending. Yeah, you're going to lose. No, yeah, of course, but... Um, I'm a little bit more interested in the, um, you know, the whole thing. It's about the journey, not the destination. Mm-hmm. So this is us going to get to play through the actual journey there. And that excites me because, um, as mentioned, you're going to get different play styles just playing the different um, heroes anyways. So definitely looking forward to it. I'm looking yeah, I'm forward to gonna this. I'm always going to watch someone else play this game. I'm looking oh, I'm way more forward to this <laughs> than the Marvel game. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, I don't know. I didn't like the first Hyrule Warriors game. Uh, like, I guess maybe I'm just not a Warriors like genre fan, but. So I was a little bit disappointed seeing this come out because I really wanted this story, but I wanted it to be a proper Zelda title. <laughs> Fair enough. So, yeah. yeah, they are still having the sequel come out though. That's yeah, I'm excited line. for the sequel. Yeah, they haven't. They don't have a yeah. lot of fanfare for the sequel right now though, so it's interesting no, to see where that's going to be. Yeah, that's a little bit further yeah. out, I think. That's a day one purchase for me. Oh, <laughs> because of this news, people are like, now hold on a second. If the company working on Persona Five Scramble is also working on this. Is the Persona 5 Scramble ever coming to the U.S.? <laughs> and I know that uh, Mr. SMT Network, Spencer Presley himself, is going to also probably weigh in on this at some point if he hasn't already. Mm-hmm. But uh, it does beg to uh, beg the question, is Atlas even focused on bringing Persona 5 Scramble to the U.S.? And I've got a semi-answer. They did trademark the game name Persona 5 Strikers. So apparently they're changing the name to bring it to the U.S. They can never or just leave the Japanese title alone. Game. No, it's not going <laughs> to. I thought that originally. <laughs> I did think that. But um, the same company working on this is also the company that's supposed to be bringing Persona 5 Scramble slash Strikers to the U.S. So it has raised some questions. Hey, is this ever coming or what, guys? 2022. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure it'll come, but when is the big question mark? (laughs) I think they're giving Royal a chance to really just burn out that flame for Persona 5 before they release the sequel. Because once they release the sequel, I think it's game over for Royal sales for a little while. Because I've heard Scramble is a much better um, addition to the franchise than Royal was. Hmm. Yeah. And you originally were hating on the game, so that's an interesting take, Chris. Well, I've I've been kind of converted by Spencer and Yarly talking to me about it, and they both said this is a very good game. I've tried hmm. not to spoil myself for it, so it's not as much like a Warriors type of game like this is, like the Zelda game is, mm-hmm. um, as much as it is more of a. Uh, it actually kind of harkens back to a game called Rido, um, that was a older school Atlas game, so it plays more like an Atlas game than a Warriors game. Okay. Anyways. I know you guys probably don't have a lot of experience with the Persona series. I'm really not sure about you, Spy V, but I know Will doesn't. Nope. I've had friends <laughs> who have played it. I do recommend pick up Persona 4 Golden on PC if you like RPGs. Yeah, I've I've considered it, so I might have to pick it up. We'll just see. I'm a broke college kid. I have to pick my games very carefully. Mm-hmm. It is affordable. It's $20 versus what it That's came a, out that actually as 60 affordable. Yeah, that's true. That's a good markdown. Um, so the next thing, Nintendo is releasing the Super Mario 3D All-Stars physical and digital editions, and they're cutting off purchases and sales at yeah. March 31st, 2020. <laughs> See, it's like, as soon as Nintendo does something like you know, very consumer-friendly, they just screw it up. It's like <laughs> slap you in the face as they're holding the thing that you want. <laughs> yep. Is that supposed to say 2021? Yeah, it is. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, I think it said it. No, I think it said it in the article too. I think you're right. 2020. I think you're right. So, um, yeah, I don't blame you for that one. But <laughs> yeah, that is definitely strange. Like, because mm-hmm. you're mean, gonna I... end up getting like people like marking up the price yeah. on eBay or whatever. I've heard some theories. Buy it, so. I sort of get the physical one, but the digital version as well. That's that's ridiculous. I heard some theories because yeah. originally back when. Um, when when Nintendo originally released Super Mario All Stars on the Super Nintendo, like 
six months to a year after the original cartridge came out, they released a second cartridge with Super Mario All-Stars plus Super Mario World. So the, mm. the theory is sometime next year, they'll have a second version of this with either three different Mario games, including Galaxy 2, or yeah, they'll just add out. Galaxy 2 at that point and re-release the cartridge again. <laughs> That's a theory I've heard. Again, everyone's always saying Nintendo's so consumer-friendly, but it's like, that's shady. That's really shady. Yeah, I know that. The shadiest thing they've that's done, though, the... in the last year, though, is they pulled Pikmin 3 from the Wii U store as a $20 title right before they re- they're releasing it on the mm-hmm. Switch. That's... They didn't want it to get confusing, that's what they said. Isn't oh, that the reason? It's like, yeah, oh, sure. okay. Listen, a large company at the end of the day is still a large company that has one major interest in mind, and that is the bottom dollar and how they can squeeze as much out of people as possible. Yes. So... Not surprising. I will. I'll, I'll give Nintendo credit. They they tend to behave better than other large companies, but they're still mm-hmm. a large company. Oops. I. Yep. Sorry. I hit something again. <laughs> but they. I can barely hear what you do that. So. Do crap like this. Yeah. Okay. I should probably start stop mentioning it then. Another thing is that is they have the 64 version of of uh, you know Mario 64, and it's clearly the inferior version of that game. So I'm a little disappointed they didn't release the DS version on it, on this uh, compilation. No, what's disappointing is it's not widescreen. They yeah. could easily yeah. make a 64 title widescreen. I mean, I know 64, uh, uh, 64 code is kind of archaic at this point, but I can't imagine that it was hard, It would be harder to make this widescreen than Sunshine. Yeah, I think they just were like, I'm going to make this in a day. Let's make some money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're the just... whole discussion. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, I, I, I was really excited for this, and then I realized, one, they didn't put all of them on there, so I was expecting to be like like a Super Mario compilation, so like all of the Mario games, and then they like didn't put Super Mario Galaxy on there for some reason. And then no, they no, didn't no, put... Galaxy's on there, not two. I'm mean, sorry, the second one. Put the second one on there. They, um, It's limited edition, or limited release, which is just, I don't understand that. And then they don't have the perfect, like the best versions of the games. Well, Sunshine, oh. they do. Okay, well, Sunshine. And technically, Galaxy has the is the best version of Galaxy, I think, right? Okay, sixty four. That's the one I'm, I'm talking about. <laughs> you're, <laughs> so about so well, you're only saying that you, you just care about sixty four. You wanted the yeah, DS exactly. version. I want the DS version uh, because you can play all of the uh, characters. You only get to play as one character in the sixty four version. Maybe they'll do the Super Mario DS collection after this is done. <sighs> don't give them ideas that's yeah. probably coming i would love the mario kart collection honestly <laughs> that would be oh, amazing man. can you imagine yeah i would buy that in a heartbeat <laughs> all the old wii maps holy crap i would play that so fast that i'm nostalgic for i had mario kart wii when i was like nine and we also had super mario galaxy so i'm very nostalgic for both of those games probably not gonna actually buy this all stars because the limited thing plus the other games that I don't have a ton of nostalgia for, I'll probably mm-hmm. pass over it. But oh, they were if they release anything with Mario Kart Wii on the Switch, I would be buying that. That's for sure. I actually yeah, think the Wii version Dash. and the 64 are the two best from a uh, uh, user friendly and fun experience for the whole family. But I th- still think that Double Dash has the tightest controls. That's fair. And then. 
so the other theory I've heard is that Nintendo is going to slowly but surely release these collections piece by piece. So every six months, there'll be a different collection until the Switch is dead. So there's a potential <laughs> for a Metroid Prime collection after this one's done, and that'll only be a six-month run leading up to Metroid Prime 4. And then following mm-hmm. that, a 3D Zelda collection. I would buy the Zelda one. And then leading after that, I've heard potentially the Pikmin trilogy would come. But they just released I'll three, so unlike, <laughs> unlikely that's going to happen at this point. But I, I've heard some theories that they want to do this with more than just Mario. So we'll see. Um, what do you guys think of the box arts for, not box art, the standard box outlines for the new games, that are, uh, new boxes for the PS5 and the Xbox Series X? Have they updated the Xbox One officially? Because I think they changed it Xbox after they first revealed X. it. Because when it was first revealed, it looked terrible. There's like so much going on. I mean, I don't really care. Everything goes on my shelf anyway, but. <laughs> yeah, see, this is what I saw originally, and it's just like it's yeah, well, like, this okay. is like it says Xbox like twelve times. It's like I get it, I get what systems on. I bought it. <laughs> see this one though, this one looks a little nicer actually. I like that. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that a lot actually, with the black on top. Is that a little darker? I don't know. Oh, mock up. No, that's not the official one. That would be. I like that way they better. Did, I think they did change it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, the one that I saw in the link was the one with Far Cry 6 and then yeah, M- Miles Morales for the PS5. Yeah, the the I think Sony's is all but confirmed at this point. Whoa, what is that? Is that the new one? That doesn't look real to me. That doesn't look real to me either. Yeah. Uh, I think the PS5 one just looks like, I don't know, like a normal PlayStation one. I hate PlayStation that they're never white. knocks it out of the park, but they're always very clean. Yeah, they are. I don't like the fact that they've gone to the white color because it reminds me of the Wii, <laughs> and I don't want I don't want anything yeah. PlayStation that looks like the Wii. I mean, remember the Move controllers and all that fun stuff? Mm-hmm. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I wonder if there's anything yeah. in the news here. Let's see, finalized next gen Xbox Series X game cases. Yeah, I so my favorite right game here. cases the Wii use. Oh, they're by far one. Either that or the GameCube. I agree with Scott the Waz on that one. Is this the GameCube? Yeah. Let's see. So it says Activision revealed cross-gen SKUs and confirmed the finalized Xbox Series X game case design. It's kind of confusing. Oh, yeah. So this is Xbox One versus... Okay. So this is the, the uh, official case. Okay. Still too much going on there. Yeah. Like, you know, remember how, like, in the, yeah. the original Xbox uh, days, they had, like, a little, like, grid on the back that told you, like, all the features? Mm-hmm. That's what they should have now. Look yeah. up the back yeah. of the Xbox case. Yeah, I remember that. I agree. Or, like, it would say, like, if they had co-op or Xbox Live, that's what they should have. So it's, like, you know, HDR, 4K, blah, blah, blah. Backside? I don't know. <laughs> it's supposed to be there to find the back of an <laughs> Xbox case. <laughs> I'll just do uh, artwork. Xbox case okay. artwork. See, there you go. So you want something like, oh, that's really tiny. Whoa, come on. Really? Let's see. <laughs> Fable? There we go. You want something yeah, like that, Will? Yeah, exactly. And then they can show yeah. which, which games or which consoles it plays on. Yeah, right yeah, especially if they're going to do, like, this multiple um, types thing. They should just have charts on the back instead of trying to shove it all on the front cover. 
Mm-hmm. I picked a game Will would actually appreciate me picking the show for the. Yeah, uh, I love Fable. <laughs> you I should play uh, Fable sometime if you have access to it. Definitely play it. It's fun. Right. I'll put that on the list of. I have so it's many games Steam. that people are like, you should try this. Well, do you? That, what, okay, what kind I of can games, add it to Steam. Besides your shooters that you like, like Overwatch and Rainbow Siege, what other types of games do you like? Oh man, that's hard because types. I end up normally just playing individual games. Okay. Not too much regard for the types. I've played like Portal Two. I really like Portal Two. Um, oh, there have been like a lot of the Switch games. I end up liking. I like open world stuff. Um, I've not played a lot of RPGs, but I imagine that I would like them. If you like story-driven uh, games, just... you probably would. Oh yeah, I'm definitely into the story-driven stuff. So. You ever play Ori? Ever, sorry, can you repeat that? Have you ever played Ori on the Switch? No, I have not. That's a pretty. It has nothing game. to do with anything that you talked about, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, just shilling for Ori. Yeah, I know. I mean, I would totally envy those guys. <laughs> or like, if they give me some free merch, that would be amazing. <laughs> so, in 2021, is about to be the year of Sonic. Probably not, but there's at least a chance. I don't um, care. There are multiple new Sonic games coming in 2021 for the series 30th anniversary. I fully expect to see a Sonic 30th anniversary collection like we're seeing with the Mario collection. Um, but yeah, Sonic making a comeback. That's a cool you thing. Know, I have this weird thing with Sonic where I have nostalgia for it. I don't think I've ever played it, really. And like when I've played it recently, I don't like it. So I don't understand. Like like Part of me is excited for that, uh, for like a, you know anniversary edition of all the games. Gotta go fast. But I know I, I won't play it. <laughs> I'm sure that this push is trying to capitalize off of the success of the movie that came out mm-hmm. earlier this year, and I'm sure it's going to lead right into the announcements or the trailers for the second sequel that they've already announced. Yep. Um, I can't say I'm excited because I really did not like that movie. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm very like I get people love the Sonic games, so that's fine. That's good for them. But when I see this, I'm like. The stupid movie caused this, didn't it? <laughs> so I'm just not super into it. I've heard really mixed reviews on the movie. Like people are like, yeah, it was it was a it was a decent movie for a movie, but oh. it, it didn't give the same nostalgia they were expecting for Sonic. Mm-hmm. I have gotten so much hatred <laughs> because I made a video about the Sonic movie and I said it sucked. I got absolutely trashed in the likes to dislikes the comments i've had i've had to delete a lot of things let me tell you Mm. uh yeah as you can see i I did not dislike your video no thank you i appreciate that but man people in the comments really hate my guts (laughs) over this one this movie is a plague upon this world i'm still not sorry about the speed paint yeah because yeah because i drew like I drew like the cursed Sonic from the original mm-hmm, right. um, release trailer for the video, but um, see, I okay, so I knew that Sonic had like a really uh, po- like big fan base. I I did not know much about them, and I didn't realize that <laughs> they were ride or die for anything Sonic. Mm. So I learned really quickly. I had people writing me essays about why I was wrong and how my opinions were just the worst thing to ever happen. So. Yeah, that was an interesting experience, that's for sure. We could have gotten there the was old a time design. Where, yeah, sure, you could have gotten the old design. Could have made a good movie, too. That doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to read through oh, these comments man. later. I did not realize how bad this uh, oh, yeah, ratio on this fun, one. Oh, have fun, man. Some, some of that, some of that, and this was like my most popular video for a while. 
So this is like what <laughs> people were coming to my channel for for a long time. <laughs> and at some point, like my overall channel like to dislike ratio got absolutely destroyed by this video. Hey, but interactions will drive traffic. So at least oh, we yeah, get more no, traffic. That's, I still, this is still like my third most popular video that gets like views on the daily. <laughs> and a lot of it is just not good, but because people just end up leaving me really mean comments. But um, and it's very funny to me because a lot of the people commenting hate are very obviously like under the age of 13 <laughs> by like their grammar mm -hmm. and the way they type. My favorite, no, it's just this the world person, now. they ended up deleting their comments. And I'm so sad that they basically said F you, but they used the pointer finger emoji instead of the middle finger emoji. Mm -hmm. And... Oh, I have it screenshotted somewhere, but that was the best comment that I got for sure. <laughs> but yeah, you ever want a fun time? Just go through the comments on my Sonic video. They're they're hilarious and threatening often, but <laughs> they're good. It's a fun time. Fantastic. We'll definitely uh, get into that yeah. more on Wednesday for sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, but yeah, so... I hated the movie. I'm not excited about the Sonic games is basically what I was trying to get at. I'm just excited to see, you know, like Crash Bandicoot, Mario, Sonic, all these like major frames. Like Mario, yes. never, never, Mario didn't need a comeback, but good enough. The 3D All-Stars collection is a comeback in my mind for nostalgia's, pur nostalgia's purposes, and that's it. Um, mm -hmm. But Sonic, Crash Bandicoot, I welcome you all back to gaming, and let's see if we can have some good games again. Yeah, Sonic right. never left. It just has had crappy games for 20 years. Sonic 06. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen, um, I've, like, watched Peach's stream, like, the Sonic games before, so I'm, like, kind of familiar with the old games, and they seem like they could still have, like, fun stuff coming out, like, in modern times. Not modern. Like, I, I'm sure they'll make some fun games coming up is what I mean. I'm just not super interested in them. Fair enough. Um, so the last piece of news I'm sure Will is very excited about. Mm -hmm. Marty O'Donnell. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I was going to poop myself. <laughs> no, some Halo veterans are returning to the Halo franchise to help finish. I'm saying finish because I'm hoping they're close to being done with Halo Infinite's mm -hmm. story. They're going to help reboot it. I was a little nervous when I heard they were help bringing in people to help finish the story. I'm like, uh, what does that mean going on right now? <laughs> but Joseph yeah. Staten. I pronounced that right, right? Staten? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Coming back to Halo to help finish. He was one of the original Halo developers. So yeah, well, that he is was awesome. lead cinematic director. He wrote the story and of all of the ridiculous, corny jokes in the original trilogy. You have him to thank. Um, this so I'm very excited about this. Formation. <laughs> exactly. Well, they changed the level design anyway. I know. Um, so there's a couple ways I'm thinking about this. One is they're really struggling and they need someone to come in and actually finish the campaign. So it's not nearly like not close to being done at all. Two, it needed some polishing, so like they're going to release it in a couple months, and he's not really impacting that and just helping finish that part up. Or three, because it's probably going to be sort of a live service game as far as like updated DLCs and have story expansions, maybe he's working on that. So he's not even working on the main campaign at all. I kind of hope he's working on the main campaign, I'm not going to lie. Well, I mean, he could be working on all the expanded lore stuff, because, I mean, who would know it better than him? The guy who essentially created it. I always helped create it. I hope one of the DLCs you get to play as Chakas on the ring thousands of years ago and live that story because that would be cool. Master Chief for nothing. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm, not, just kidding. 
I could do be a, a side story. That'd be like a side story thing. It's not like a main story. Like, or even if they just did a video of him from back when. Because I want to see actual animated Primordial. That's what I want to see. Yeah, cool. well, he could technically still be there, I guess. No, I guess he was sort of destroyed in those. I don't know if you, how far he'd gotten in those books. Dude, he's dead. He's dead in where I'm at. It's all good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in book three, Will. I'm in the weird one. I don't know. <laughs> I'm in the weirdest book of the trilogy. Um, I'm not sure how you feel about Halo Spy V, but you should definitely have, if you have Game Pass or have an opportunity to play Halo, I'd be interested to hear what you think about it. I've heard a lot about it. That's about it. <laughs> um, I will just say just from like, if you were just to remove like the Halo title, I would generally would see it as a good thing to bring back the original people who worked on something to help make like future renditions of it. Just because like you mentioned earlier, they're going to know it better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. So, and if they created the original, which is what people made, which is what had people fall in love with it originally, it's probably a good sign that at least some aspects of what's mm-hmm. happening are going to end up being at least fan pleasing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If you think about three for three, never had someone like actually helmet after Bungie left, like not like a, like one of the main Bungie guys did not go with the franchise. They created something new, which is different than gears of war. So gears of war really did maintain a pretty good vision. I think the newer games are still pretty good, although they are going in other ways that people aren't super happy with still mm-hmm. very good games. 343 has not had that success because I think it's partly because they had people who had never touched Halo before and didn't know what they're doing, at least as far as the Halo universe. See, I actually have more appreciation for Halo 4 now than I did when it came out. That game is so freaking confusing by itself. It is, but now I I feel like I could I could really enjoy it if I played it again. Yeah, well, at least you'll know what's happening. <laughs> Imagine a new player coming into that, like, what is going on? <laughs> or even an old player, because they don't explain any of that in the original games. Right. So this game, I hope, is a, is a standalone story start to finish. All right. I mean, yeah, that's what they've said, but we'll see. Is, is there any other news that we've missed that we need to talk about? Mm-hmm. None that I know of. Oh, one more. You said veterans, so... I don't know how long he's actually been at at Bungie or three for three, but the guy who's doing the MCC flights is now going to be doing the flights for Halo Infinite, and he's oh. had a lot of success with MCC, um, and done a lot of great job of like actually. I don't know how like what level he was actually at, but I think he was a senior level guy. So a lot of the, you know, how there's now skins on like the Halo One, Halo Two. Uh, there's you know customizable weapons and all that stuff. All that new added content he was in charge of, I believe. As long as we don't have anything like really strange added to the story, I'm I'm okay with it. I'll play it. Okay. <laughs> as always, I'm Chris. I'm Will. And I'm Spy. And we will see you on the next Crowdcast. Bye guys. <laughs>
And uh, Spy, what do you do on your channel? Um, I review movies. I talk about different aspects of pop culture, a bit of a mix of commentary slash review. Um, sometimes I do video essays where I take a deeper look. And, uh, you know, I do art, too. I like to do speed paints in the backgrounds of my videos, always related to what I'm talking about. So that's where that's the niche I fall in. Yeah, and I, I really enjoyed your uh, Hamilton review because I'm probably not going to watch it on TV, but I might actually watch the play. You know, Hamilton was awesome. Oh, yeah. I, I actually uh -oh. didn't really listen. And the, the artwork that came out of this video was really good. Oh, good. Your, your sound broke really up nice. for a second when you were starting to talk about it, and then all of a sudden and it's it back, got me. so you're good. Oh, okay. Did you catch what I said? You should probably repeat it. <laughs> Okay, I was just gonna say that the artwork, and it got me quite a lot of internet points on Twitter and Reddit. So <laughs> it it turned out nice. It got retweeted by like the official now, Hamilton even, Twitter even account. Even this is good. Like just the very beginning. <laughs> yeah, that the, the part that he has on screen now. That's when I just do the flat colors. Before and you then, do all your obviously texture. the sketches. Yeah, the rendering is simultaneously the best and the worst part for me because it's when a drawing really starts to come to life but wow it is the hardest part to get to look correct i believe it like I, when i watch you do these things i'm just super impressed and this is a great segue into who we're covering today mm -hmm. for yes, tuber tuesday so before you guys go and watch the rest of this video make sure you go and go to youtube and type in spyv it's probably the easiest of the channels we've had on here to find because it's four letters you can't type in four yes, letters. You should probably go back to school. Um, Super simple. <laughs> or is it three letters and a number? And just look for the <laughs> massive blue capital V. There you it's go. hard to miss. Yeah. Art reviews and essays. The mm -hmm. Spy V or yep. Spy V. Do you have a custom URL? I do. It's Spy V Studios is the spy URL. Spy V Studios. That's... S P Y V S T U D I O S. I can spell for the you know 75th week in a row. Um, <laughs> so today for Tuber Tuesday, we are covering a good friend of the channel, Hopeless Peaches. We will try to remain as unbiased as possible, but um, uh, side note, go Wait. subscribe to Hopeless Peaches. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for Tuber Tuesday, we review a channel, and today's channel is Hopeless Peaches. Hopefully, when she listens to this, because I'm going to make her listen to this. She enjoys this review, so all right. I'm gonna start this off with uh, Hopeless Peaches currently has seventy thousand eight hundred subscribers, which I'm super jealous of. Um, and she has been on our channel before, so I'm gonna keep some links in the description below where you guys can watch our previous videos mm -hmm. with Hopeless Peaches. Um, her channel was created on May 17, 2015, but as I understand, this is not her first channel. This is just her most recent channel, and it is blowing up very, very fast. Um, her Total yeah. number of views. Sorry, I should have explained. I usually go into a bunch of stats before we roll into commentary. Mm -hmm. um, oh, no, it's okay. okay. <laughs> so she has over 3 million views on her channel. All right. And the description of her channel says, Hello, everyone. This is Hopeless Peaches. On this channel, I talk about topics in the art community and make story time speed paints. I hope you all join in on the discussion. And she means join in on this, the discussion. If you watch our interview with her, she's like, 
it's boring when people don't talk or criticize <laughs> me or tell me I'm doing something wrong because there's no conversation. You're just accepting what I'm saying as is. Yep. And uh, I don't want you to do that. Please comment. So definitely, if you watch a Hopeless Peaches video, comment what you're thinking, exactly what you're thinking, and uh, she'll respond. So what is Hopeless Peaches known for? Her speed paint videos, which she already said in her description, and discussing art and general topics, like why her art teacher ruined her uh, her art. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, being very active in the online art community. And she also is very well known for promoting smaller channels, including her animator, ARD, or RD. I don't know how you pronounce that one. And uh, she's very down-to-earth, but also open to constructive criticism. So, uh, like I said, she always wants comments whether you agree with her or disagree. She's fine with that. Her first video currently on her channel... Let's see here, because hopefully she didn't delete anything since I told her we were covering her channel. (laughs) Is uh, Tracing Rant, where she literally rants about tracing. And uh, if you know Hopeless Peach as well, she actually has gone back on this opinion and said... Tracing is not the most horrible thing on the planet, like what she said in the beginning. Um, and that tracing can be a useful... Uh, you know, just watch her video where she yeah. recants She'll do argument. a better job of explaining exactly. it than you. <laughs> um, but yeah. this was an uh, interesting first video, and she's got almost 50,000 views on it. So definitely a relatively successful video for a channel that has 70,000 views. And it keeps going up, because mm-hmm. every time I've seen this video, it's more views. It goes up by one every time. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so crazy. <laughs> YouTube works. <laughs> What did you guys think of this video? Oh, it's been a while since I've seen this one, but I have watched Peach's entire catalog of videos. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I definitely agree with her more recent opinions on tracing uh, comparatively, but this is still a good video that does give some good insight into the particular instance with Holly Brown. Because mm-hmm. I remember when that happened and the art community was all mad about it and everybody talked about it. And uh, what I can say is when she does change her mind on things, she leaves up her original opinion as kind of like a historical context to her current mm-hmm. opinion because mm-hmm. she said it's a good example of how opinions can change over time. So. Yeah. That's unacceptable and that can't happen. Yeah, no, that's not allowed. Have you ever been on the internet in the last, like, five years? Never, mm-hmm. never, ever, ever. Every week, No. Um, so what is her most popular video? It's the Kuno stream controversy relating to Kuno Band. Um, I did watch this one a while back. Yes. I didn't necessarily understand what was going on because I'm not part of the art community. But Oh, I knew what was happening on this one. But creator mm-hmm. on creator drama is always interesting. And that's oh, what this that's appears sure. to be. So uh, Yeah, a little bit. She was like, she kind of gave it more from like a removed... Um, standpoint like she wasn't directly involved all that much but she was just Mm -hmm. giving her commentary on it i do remember i really enjoyed this video though Mm -hmm. no this is a pretty good one that breaks down the whole situation pretty good i mean it's an older topic at this point but it's over a year old now holy cow i think i watched this when it was new actually because dw relive Mm -hmm. shout out to that dude got me started on watching the hopeless peaches videos. Cause he kept telling me how great her videos are. And I was like, are you sure? So I watched a few and I was like, okay, I agree. This is, this is a really great channel. Um, uh, yes. but I have to say, I hope that one of her non controversy videos, like one of her story time videos blows up because those are great. Yeah, videos me too. too. Isn't yeah, her like enjoyable. second most, yeah. Isn't her second most popular, like the one where her art teacher ruined. I think you're right. Break? I think you're right. Yeah. 
I told her that that's just because she has a furry in the thumbnail. <laughs> but, but no, that's actually a good video too. It is. It's a it's a really great story too. And I remember when she made this, she's like, "I'm gonna draw a furry character." <laughs> she was like, "And you all can just suck it. I'm gonna do this." Yeah. Yep. <laughs> And I think she even says something along those lines in the beginning of the video, so it just makes me chuckle. She's funny. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I think that was actually the tiredest Will has ever been was when she was on our podcast. (laughs) I was exhausted the entire podcast, yes. He might have had the the C word. No, I'm just kidding. He didn't have that. That can go so many ways. I don't even know what you mean. Yeah. The the word that must not be named on YouTube, Will. Oh no! I, don't oh, think I, I was one. joking. I was joking. <laughs> like what does oh. that mean? <laughs> My mind went in a different. Much oh, yeah, mine no. did too, and I was just like, man, <laughs> I don't remember this. Sorry, guys. I'm being cryptic on purpose so we don't get demonetized. Okay. Um, no, that's how it goes. So, what do we like about Hopeless Peach's channel? I'm gonna go last. <laughs> Should I go first, or do you want to sure. go first? I can, I can go first. All right, let's um, let's have the guests go first. I'll be polite. Yes, sure. So I always just really liked um, Peach's like personality. Like she comes across as very. I'm pretty sure she scripts, but she still comes across as very like genuine when she speaks. Like um, she just sounds like someone who has a strong opinion or an important opinion about something and just wanted to pop up a mic and talk about it and then talk about it with other people and her artwork is really good so it's just this really good uh combination and i love her voice she always talks about how like people like make fun of her voice or like say that her voice isn't nice enough but to me i told her i'm from the south anything (laughs) british or european sounds like the fanciest thing on planet earth to me so (laughs) Yeah, being that uh, we both have the Midwestern accent, um, Will and I over here. Actually, Will, I, I don't know if you have really an accent. mismatched because I've lived in so many places. Yeah. Will, Will's got the non-accent. He's just like exactly. a full, full-blown American. Uh, yeah. I can, yep. I can no, blend I am the melting pot of accents. <laughs> I, 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 my normal speaking voice is pretty like um, just normal American, but I, especially when I speak speak to some of my family members that have very southern accents it's 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 full-blown boondock southern <laughs> that type of thing get the uh, southern drawl out <laughs> oh yeah my dad and my grandmother both have a pretty strong southern drawl so it, it pops out sometimes i tend to say y'all a lot accidentally actually uh so, y'all is used a lot in the midwest like southeast michigan north is northern it? ohio because yeah, michigan tries to be cool it's like <laughs> they have y'all. I see Confederate flags everywhere. It's like it's Michigan, guys. Calm down. I know, like it's super controversial, but it's like again, it's just like, why do you have that? You're not cool. Calm down. <laughs> yeah, that. Leave it to Will to to, to be the first person to talk about flags on this podcast. <laughs> well, I see I them all the a, time. <laughs> I live in like a small central florida town so definitely a lot of rednecky characters out there of it but you, you get it it comes with the territory fair enough um okay so back to hopeless peaches yeah back to the <laughs> actual reason Oops. we're here so hopeless peaches uh the, the reason i enjoy her channel is because she is just so relatable like and i feel like her stories can apply to people of varying demographics ages 
um, you know, even even various countries. Um, and that's a huge appeal for her on top of her having a British accent, which appeals to a lot of Americans. I've noticed a lot of Americans enjoy the English accents that they hear, despite oh, yes. her saying she's a country bumpkin once or twice mm. in our interview with her. I was like, you she know what? She doesn't know country bumpkin by American standards. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but most of her stories are relatable. Everybody's made, you know, the, the mistakes of, um, you know, not, not understanding that not fitting in isn't a bad thing. And when she talks about the fact that she never felt like she fit in, it's like, you know, I can totally relate to that too, but you know, Everybody feels like they don't fit in nowadays. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't know. She's I think very genuine. Other things, yeah, I agree. I think another thing is a lot of like people who do commentary or story time type deals, they will sometimes like to jump quickly on some of like the more recent controversial topics that come up in the community. And then what ends up happening a lot of time is at some point they slip up and they end up having a really bad take mm-hmm. or they didn't research it properly. And then that ends up coming back to bite them really hard. Um, but Peach is like, she doesn't quite do that. If she does comment on a more controversial topic, it's normally uh, she takes her time and she's a lot more um, put together oh, yeah. in her script about it, which I appreciate. Yeah, me too. It probably helps that it takes a little while to do these drawings. So she has more time to like kind of meditate on it while <laughs> yeah, she's doing the drawings. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, yeah, no, that... There have been many videos that have been delayed from me that were only because the drawing was taking longer. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, and uh, just so you guys know, I'm going to give you guys the skinny on this. The reason she added the wind swooshes at the end of this video. I know this already. DW Relive. (laughs) He told her to do it (laughs) because she was like, something's missing from this drawing. And then DW is like, add the wind swooshes. So the wind just, swoosh, just like the that. Classic. And the wind swooshes. Make sure you guys go check out youtube.com slash DW Relive, who has gone on another MIA absence from the internet, yeah. which I'm still not yeah. sure why he just keeps disappearing from the internet. But DW Relive, he does some good stuff. He actually works for the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> they made him disappear. He's now mm-hmm. James Bond. No, um, that, that's CIA. That would be Tom, Tom. Who's Tom Cruise's character again? I can't remember his name. Isn't it just Tom Cruise's character? Isn't that his name? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jack Reacher. No, I'm just kidding. Oh no, um, it's Mission Impossible. What the heck? Who's his character in that show, though? People it's just know it's Tom Cruise. It's like it's something super like generic and American, like Jack yeah. or John or Jack Smith. It, it might it might literally be Tom for all I know. Who knows? Um, I've actually seen the Mission Impossible movies too, and I can't remember. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a long time since I've seen them. Agent Zero. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but so. Well, what do you like about Hopeless Peaches? I think just, you know, retelling what you guys already said. I really like her personality. I like that she comes across very genuine. And I honestly get super mesmerized by what she's drawing. <laughs> so, like, sometimes I will actually, like, kind of forget that I'm supposed to be listening to a topic. And I'll just be, like, just, you know, fascinated by whatever is being created on the screen. Um, and, yeah, I also like the avatar. I think it's very, very cool. And I like the uh, you know, overall look of the of the channel. Yeah, I forgot. The, one of the things she talked about was um, the origination of her character. Or is that that's mm-hmm. my, origins? Origins, not origination. I don't know what that even is. It's a very busty character. Origins. <laughs> <laughs> the origins of the hair, though, it's like it's supposed to look like a peach. Yeah. Oh. Fun little tidbit. I remember she talked about that before. Yeah, I remember she talked about yeah. that on our channel too. Will, come on now. 
I don't remember that at all. And I also, <laughs> I'm not seeing the peach, but I'll go ahead and go with it. The bow is like the leaves. Yeah, I get that, but it just, I don't know. And well, the hair is round. It's it's whatever. It's subtle, but it's there. It's it's there. Okay. It was can, it was more uh, prominent accept. in the beginning of the channel than it is now. She has yeah. since uh, differentiated from peaches a little more. <laughs> All right. Um, what do you guys think that Hopeless Peaches could do to improve her channel? Who do you want to go first? Uh, I think you should go first, Will. All right. You got an well, easy really, one here. Yeah, really nitpicky. But I think that the banner should actually have a description of what the channel goes over. And that's pretty much my only thing because I really like the content. So. Other than, like, if you're new to this channel, and, like, the reason why I know about this channel is, again, from DW Relive, and also we interviewed her. But um, if I didn't already know that, I wouldn't know who this person was or what she went over. So. She's uh, do yeah. more stuff with this little channel called The Krillcast, because, look, two months ago, she was not even at 60,000, and now she's at 70,000 since collaborating with us. So. Clearly because of us. <laughs> and more collaborations. I mean, I can always say that. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I would say, like, and this isn't really, like, a criticism for what she's doing currently, more like something that she could add that could be cool. Um, And I know that this is something that she's already working on, um, but I think that she could do, like, some more fun stuff with the editing. And I, I know that this is, like, throwing stones in a glass house because I need to improve my editing a lot, too. But I think that um, down the line, if she were to do, like, some fun little like drawing edits or add some more like clips from media or whatever stuff like that is always very Mm -hmm. fun and it helps break up like the monotony of a speed paint um a little bit more so i would hope that she would start to do more stuff like that but i don't think what she's doing is bad now by any means yeah yeah because what's nice about speed paints with commentary is that if if one of the two things is going a little too slow you have the other to kind of focus Mm -hmm. on so yeah. as far as her content goes, it, it easily attracts an audience for either the commentary or the art or both. And mm-hmm. I just find myself swapping between the two. Like sometimes I'm watching the art, sometimes I'm more mm-hmm. listening to her. Or if I've watched it once and I'm listening to it, then I already know what the end of the speed paint is going to be. And I don't, I guess the thing with speed paints is if the person who is watching your video skips to the end right away, it's easy to tell on the, the watch time and the analytics because it'll show that a lot of people dip out in the middle and then watch the end. With her content, because she's got the story time in there, I think she's probably got a pretty even line across for people who will actually listen yeah, to it. I would definitely expect probably that. watch the whole video. And yeah. I think that's important to have that commentary there because the speed paint's fun, but if it's just got music in the background, a lot of times I do just skip to the end. It's, it's just so, it's so tempting, right? But with a story, you can't. You want to hear start, begin, or start, middle, and end, right? So yeah. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. cool. Uh, but adding in some more effects, like you're saying, some uh, things to like what we do. We have stuff on screen while we're talking about it. Having something on screen while she's talking about it in the commentary wouldn't take away from the speed paint, I don't think. So yeah, I, I do the, think that's a good suggestion. The channel that comes to mind for me when I think of it, and she would obviously have to adjust it to be more like fitting for her channel. But there's a channel called Overly Sarcastic Productions. It's a really big, really good channel. But basically, um, they have the artist who's red, and she will, like, draw, like, custom, quick little cartoony images to, like, tell the stuff for what she's talking about in the video. Um, And stuff like that is always really fun. It adds a lot of personality and character 
mm-hmm. to what she's talking about. So, um, oh yeah, this is one of Blue's videos. This is going to be more history oriented, but yes. Oh. Um, <laughs> there's two people that do the channels. They're respectively red and blue. Click on one of the trope talk videos or the miscellaneous myth video. Miscellaneous. Oh, here we go. I'll show more what I'm talking about. Yeah, so just like click to any random point and you'll probably see. Yeah, so you see, she. She described having. Uh oh. Spivey, we're losing her. We're losing you again. Rundown about it. Uh oh. You're back. You're back. You're good again. I am back. See, she back does like, like little left. drawings to like describe what. Yeah, she does like these little drawings to help kind of enhance what she's talking about, and they're all quick, cartoony. See, stuff like this is always really fun to watch. So this would be like an evolution of Hopeless Peach's channel. Like if she wanted to do a story time where she animated the whole story time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not full animation that no, OSP no, no. does either. Yeah. So it's kind of it's yeah, it's just like the images. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this is something that I've thought like down the line that I might want to do, but I'm not great at drawing like this. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just kind of like an an eventuality for me. But yeah, stuff like that is always fun. Interesting. I was going to say it might be cool to do more collaborations. Maybe some uh, um, fan art contest video would be interesting, yeah, too. That would be cool. Yeah. Ooh. Because she does do, like... Would. She gets a lot of fan art. She does. So, like, if she did an entire video where she just, like, said what she liked about the fan art, what she disliked about the fan art, free video for Hopeless Peaches, and she can promote people at the same time, that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my other suggestion um, would be... Maybe she should make a Twitch account too, where she like streams some of her paints like in real time, in between videos. Yeah, she, she does mean Twitch right now, but I would love to see her do drawings as well. And then she could just kind of have free flow. And the nice thing about Twitch is you don't have to have the video on demand afterwards, so she could just delete the streams when they're done, and then she wouldn't have mm-hmm. to worry about people like picking up. <laughs> like random clips and using them later as much. I mean, people might yeah. still do that, but um, yeah. So where do you guys see Peaches at the end of this year? Ooh, I don't know if it's going to quite be by the end of the year, but I think she's going to hit 100k soon. She mm-hmm. was at 50k not that long ago, and she's already at 70k. She's had a very so if New it's York rise. Not- yeah, so if it's not by the end of this year, I think it'll be in the first half of next year. Easy. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. She was at she was only at forty k three months ago. Yeah, she's Whoa. grown a lot. I think she only had like I'm trying to remember her number when I started watching her. It it was I'm pretty sure it was below thirty k. It might have even been below twenty k. I don't remember exactly, but. That's yeah, crazy. and she's grown just it's I don't think it's even been a year and she's already grown as much as she has. So I think she's going to keep going pretty quickly. Oh yeah. I I completely agree that there's no reason why her channel is going to slow down. And so if anything, yeah, 30k was 9 months ago. So within mm-hmm. a year she's gained over 40,000 subscribers. Yeah. That's some pretty fast growth. Oh yeah, I, I I'm, I'm jealous make a, of her growth. <laughs> I'm gonna make a very <laughs> but bold like, 
prediction. 150k, 150k by December 31st, 2020. Ooh, that is a bold. Mm. Yeah, she was one year ago, 25k. Yes, I'm. I I am jealous of her growth, but in a very supportive way. (laughs) (laughs) Like I want it, but good for you. That's so good. I'm so happy that this is happening for you. That kind of jealousy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Will? What's your prediction? December 31st, 2020, how many subs? I think she's going to have at least 100,000. You heard that, Hopeless Peaches? I think DW Reload is going to win your guys' bet, but I'm not going to publicize what that bet was. Oh, I remember the bet. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered the bet. <laughs> I'm not going to tell anybody what the bet was, Hopeless Peaches, so you might actually consider sharing <laughs> no, this video. No, no, no. The, the, world, the world will know um, <laughs> in due time. That's why DW Relive's in hiding right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Probably he's got to get the materials together to... Uh... <laughs> anyway, um, anything else you guys want to say about Hopeless Peaches? Um, I guess my last comment. Yeah. If you guys want a good mention, is she her art? Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Uh, You just cut out, so I was something (laughs) broke up a little bit for me. Okay. Sorry. Really crappy apartment internet does not (laughs) do well for podcasts, but. Uh, her art has like really inspired me a lot because clearly like I tend to do more realistic stuff but I'm an animation student and I am not good at stylized art well I've gotten better but really not good at stylized art so um, and her art has been like a big inspiration in helping me like get better at doing that type of more stylized anime ish stuff which is what helped my new still design that I had recently Mm -hmm. so her art's an inspiration, and I love her dearly. <laughs> so does the Krill cast. We are uh, we are shrimping for for hopeless peaches. Shrimping. <laughs> <laughs> hey, isn't it no simp September? Shrimping, shrimping, shrimping. Supposed to be doing that. Shrimping no, no. still. Shrill. <laughs> I think we should end now. Yep. As always, I'm Chris, and I'm Will. I'm Spy. And make sure you guys subscribe to Spy V and Hopeless Peaches. And uh, if somehow you're watching this and not subscribed to us, do that too, you know. Mm-hmm. Give us a like, all that good stuff. And uh, we will see you. Next Krillcast. Bye, guys. This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. Oh, man. I'm Will. And I'm Spy. And I had everybody's channel up except Spy V's channel, so sorry about that. We are... <laughs> what is today, Will? It is uh, Conversations with the Krillcast. No, no, no. What is it today, Will? It's on Wild Card Wednesday, Conversations with the Krillcast. There you go. Close enough. Um, today, our conversation is with who? Spy V. 
That was actually for her to answer, Will. Oh, was it? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. There was a gap. You I asked him it. the last question. I assumed it was still for him. <laughs> yes, hi. I'm Spy, Spivey. Either of those work. And uh, so that we can get everybody subscribing before they learn more about you. Uh, what's a quick synopsis of your channel? So I primarily work in movies, but I also do other pop culture and media related things. I do reviews, video essays and analysis, um, character redesigns for some pop culture stuff. And I do speed paints of art related to whatever I'm talking about in the background. And I can tell you for a fact that I enjoyed both her redesign of Harley Quinn and I enjoyed the Marvel uh, Snowflake and Safe Space uh, redesigns that she did. I um, still can't believe that Marvel did that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That was insane just... to me. But her Joker video is also really good. So any of those videos, go check them out. And if you like what you see, go subscribe to the... Whoa. <laughs> really bad rhymes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we get started on these questions? Will, why don't you ask All that right, first question one? Question one. Uh, what inspired you to create your YouTube channel? Uh, yes, way back in the day. So um, I was talking to you guys about what Letterboxd is earlier, which is where mm. people can essentially write movie reviews um, and then post them, and then other people can comment on them. You can make lists with movies, yada, yada. I used to write, like, essays for movie reviews on Letterboxd. Because that's just what I enjoyed doing. I would just write these unnecessarily long, drawn-out, thoughtful reviews for whatever movie that I saw. And I saw a lot of movies. Um, and eventually, I kind of realized that I wanted to start learning more about editing. Because I do want to go into the film and movie industry. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, why don't I combine these two things that I like to do and I can start to learn how to edit? Obviously, that's not the same as like movie editing. But I can start to get myself familiar with um, editing software. And I can do that by starting a YouTube channel and kind of giving my thoughts about all of these things. Um, And the very first video I actually made um, that is no longer on my channel because I have it (laughs) privated was a video that had no speed paint. It was purely my avatar and um, some movie footage like cut together. But... So I took a break for a while and stepped back and thought more about what I wanted to do. And since I was, I thought, well, hey, I could make my videos a lot more interesting and practice my art more often Mm. by combining both of these things. So I can do a speed paint related to whatever movie that I'm reviewing or talking about while I talk about it with a little avatar. And then that's sort of where I ended up. Yeah. Very cool. And as you can see, uh, she does put up an actual image or clip from the video and then try th- does a re- pretty good job animating most of them. I, I, I definitely can't do any of what she's doing. <laughs> I'm not good at art. Uh, definitely not digital art, that's for sure. Yeah, noses always throw me off. I cannot do the nose. I can do most of the, like, the rest of the face. I can't do a nose. Well, she's also making kind of an odd nose. Um, yeah. Pos- yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know how to say that. <laughs> I was going to say nose job. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> but the the did you put tears on her face or is that your um no those are just me making guidelines so that oh, i can okay. try to measure out the face as i draw it mm-hmm. gotcha since it's the sketching phase you'll end up seeing a lot of like diagonal lines and horizontal and vertical lines as i'm measuring it out as i work fair enough 
Fair enough. I did really enjoy your commentary on New Mutants, and I'm probably not going to watch the yeah. movie now. Just that Yeah, I didn't watch your commentary yeah, on this yet. I need to go back and see this. I guess. No, yeah, it, it was. <laughs> I was. I really like the X Men movies, mm-hmm. um, but they can vary in quality a lot. So I was kind of looking forward to New Mutants because the advertising it was very different um, mm-hmm. than most Marvel movies. It looked like it was going to be something really fun and interesting and different at the very least and then it didn't do any of that so (laughs) i was disappointed by what ended up happening on screen yeah like for example their pink floyd cover in the in the trailer and all that i was really interested after hearing that and then yeah i watched your review and i was like eh, maybe not (laughs) yeah no they did it it, they made it seem like it was going to be like a horror movie Mm. um and then it wasn't really like that at all so kind of unfortunate but it happens it happens mm-hmm. a lot especially mm-hmm. with the marvel type movies so given that uh we know what you do on here and your inspiration for your channel um how would you describe your relationship with youtube and social media oh man social media as a whole i'm much better at browsing than i am actually interacting um I don't know. I just I just always feel kind of weird and like um, almost narcissistic if I talk too much about what I do on social media, which isn't fair because a lot of people do that and that, that's not how it is. But I always feel really weird talking about myself on social media and what I do. Um, so I, I typically browse a little bit more, which is not good for networking or like putting yourself out there. But that's just kind of how it is. With YouTube in particular, it's kind of just, for now at least, it's something that I really do want to develop and work more with. But it's a little bit more of just like a side hop. Um, that I, but I'm starting to like take it a little bit more seriously and wanting to actually like put the time and effort and work into making it more of like a viable long-term thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just something that takes time to work on. Makes sense. Um, As far as the browsing versus like posting, uh, how often do you think you actually post on social media? Oh, man, that can vary on the day because sometimes like I'll tweet like four or five times a day and then I'll disappear for like five days and (laughs) not say anything or I'll like I'll only reply to other people because I can only be funny so often. Like (laughs) I can't always come up with something funny to tweet. Um reddit i pretty much exclusively browse same with instagram instagram i'll post anytime i do like an artwork but otherwise i'm just browsing so definitely not posting all that much comparatively i'm pretty much two or three posts a day at this point like i always post our video yeah and then i'll respond to somebody or i'll like tag somebody and say hey did you see this that kind of stuff or like will that's what i should be doing (laughs) that's what i should be doing and i'm trying to work on that because i don't even notice like how long i've gone without like posting anything on twitter and then i look and it's like last tweet one week ago and i'm like oh no that's not good i do find a hard time drawing that line between too much and not enough because i feel like if you do it too much then people get numb to you yeah that's for sure Mm -hmm. all right well what do you got what's that next question Question three. Uh, I know you're not in a, you're not in a, really a gaming content creator, but what games do you enjoy? I know there's at least one. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I definitely enjoy like a little variety of several different types of games. I recently I've been playing Rainbow Among Us and on the Switch I have Animal Crossing and Breath of the Wild. I absolutely love Breath of the Wild. That's got to be my favorite game at least right now. Um I have played uh Portal 2 and like Papers Please that kind of thing before. Uh, uh, and then just some older games from when I was younger. I used to play like on the Wii, that type okay. of deal. I find uh, Papers, Please is such an odd game. I don't even know this one. Look it up. It okay. is, but I, it's like, it's really interesting. It's like a, what is it? It's just like a pixel game where your entire thing is you're living in this fascist dystopian society and you're like a checkpoint guard and you have to decide if you like let people in or not. Mm. And your family is dependent and upon your choices. You, you're given like all of their paperwork, and it tells you like, oh, okay, you're dependent on the choices, and it tells you like at the end of every day how much money you have, how much you get paid, um, what your expenses are, and you basically kind of have to decide like, do you just keep your head tucked down and do what the government tells you, or mm-hmm. do you sometimes let things slide at risk of getting caught, that type of thing. <laughs> That's really interesting, actually. <laughs> It's a really it, well-crafted it, it game. It is. It's an older game. Yeah, it's older at this point, but um, and I've not played it in a while. I probably want to go back. Oh, I just remembered another one that I haven't played in a little while, but I really liked was No Man's Sky. Um, okay. That's definitely one I want to revisit soon and put more hours into because that one was like super open world. Just mm-hmm. do whatever you want and explore and figure it out as you go. Were you playing it before the Beyond expansion or after the Beyond expansion? No, I I got it after the Beyond okay. expansion. I yes. never had that. A lot. Of, I know a lot of people weren't fans before the expansion, or mm-hmm. they liked it at first, but then it got boring. And then after the expansion, people really liked it. But I only ever got it after. Yeah. Actually, I, I was just thinking it would be really interesting to have you do artwork from like a game like this in a speed paint, and then do commentary on a game. Oh, yeah, I think I'm definitely going to end up doing a video on um, Hyrule Warriors mm-hmm. um, cool. because I am interested in that. And I'm probably going to do one on the Breath of the Wild sequel when that comes out just because I do really like those games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is this is really an older game. <laughs> I'm just looking. This is 2013. I didn't even realize that it was that old. I got it for yeah. free I, via PS yeah. Plus on my Vita, actually. So I'm going to have to play mm. through the rest of it. I'm like halfway through it. Um, at least that's oh, as yeah. far as I've gotten. It's it's been a while since I've played this one. I think I got it for like ten bucks on Steam or something like that. Mm-hmm. You had something, Will? No, I don't. Oh, okay. Other than uh, you should possibly do it for Breath of the Wild as well, just to have like that in your backlog, so people really like the sequel content and go back and watch the original one as well. That's a good idea. Not a bad idea. Even if you do it last, you know, it's still I would still do all three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just to give like a timeline of opinions, kind of. Yeah, that yeah. could work. I would only have good things to say about Breath of the Wild, pretty much. <laughs> I, I love that game too. I don't think Chris likes it very much, but at least I as far as like it as a game. I'm not a fan of that direction for Zelda. See, I that was my first experience with Zelda was Breath of the Wild. Yeah. So for yeah. me, it was like, oh wow. This is this is so cool, and I really am into like all the Zelda stuff now. That mm-hmm. type of deal for me. Same thing happened to me. So when the 3D collection comes out for the Switch, you'll have to tell me if uh, you enjoy the other Zelda games. Yes. Um, so what is your favorite type of content to produce? 
Um, definitely like my more analytical videos, the ones that are more like a video essay versus just a review or a character redesign. And I really do. And en- the one thing I do enjoy about the character redesigns, though, is that's much more like my content. Like it's something that I am creating that people are enjoying versus my commentary on something else someone someone made. Um, and that's both interesting and scary because it's like, hey, look at this thing I made. Do you like it? Please tell me you like it because I made this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a little bit nerve-wracking. But I definitely enjoy that. And those seem to be the videos that end up um, getting the most views that I put out. So that's always fun, too. But definitely the more essay, analytical-oriented scripts are the ones that I enjoy writing the most. Yeah. What's your favorite video you've done? Ooh, that's another hard one because that's going to vary. Oh, I just stole on... my question later. Whoops. Oh, well. That's fine. Go Let's roll with Too it. Late. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it um, because I, I'll have a different answer depending on what's my favorite drawing I did, what's my favorite script I've written versus what's my favorite editing that I've done. Overall, my favorite script has to be the Artemis Fowl video which is not actually much a review of the Artemis Fowl movie, and it's more of me just ripping into Hollywood for ruining franchises um, <laughs> with the terrible first installments. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really like how the script turned out for that one and the editing. Oh, God, I just saw the Cats movie. I forgot I used a clip from that <laughs> the <laughs> intro for that video. But um, yeah, that was definitely the favorite script I've written. Favorite editing is probably from the Half of It video. I, I like that was when I was first trying kind of a new editing style, and I like how that one turned out. And then favorite speed paint has got to be the Hamilton video, because that one turned out really nice mm-hmm. and oh, way yeah. better than I expected it to. Um, I thought that it was gonna be like okay, and then it ended up taking me a lot more hours and turned out much better than I expected it to. Which one did you say was the? Did you say half of it? The half of it, the one that's, um, it's called When a Romance's Biggest Problem is oh, Love okay. Interest. Oh, I see it now. Yeah. Yeah. That one was probably kind of my favorite editing because that was when I was first trying something kind of new with doing like an intro that's with movie footage instead of just doing the full speed paint from the very beginning. And I liked how the timing turned out on all of it and where the cuts were. It ended up working out really nicely for my script, incidentally. So that turned out nice. I found your uh, commentary on this particular uh, movie, your review here, um, was interesting because uh, I've never seen a movie that this kind of uh, a premise. And so hearing mm-hmm. hearing the premise described to me, like, like for example, another person that does a lot of movie reviews uh, in, in a similar vein to you would be, I, I think Nerd Talk does a lot, but his are always like super long. Yours are a little more condensed, so I, like, I appreciate that. Super long. Have you, have you yeah, seen see, the thing long. is, I, I appreciate long reviews for stuff, but I will start to get lethargic writing after, like, four or five pages. <laughs> so, in knowing that, I try to keep it just to where I can do, like, quicker, more streamlined um, things, and I try to make it less, like, stream of consciousness and more like there's, like, a structure to my videos, especially more recently. Because like I said, now I do more, I used to just kind of jump straight into the review, but now I do more of like a little intro, like describing the movie or talking about like a larger media thing that's at play related to the movie. So I guess where I was going with that was when I watch your reviews, um, 
I feel like I can still watch the movie or, or do whatever it is without having lost the entire uh, surprise element. When Nerd Talk does his reviews, I don't feel like there's anything left. Sometimes his review is longer than the movie. <laughs> I can, I can not in a bad way. Not in a, a bad way. No, no, no. Yeah. I can, appreci- I can definitely appreciate a really long, in-depth movie review. Um, I, I don't I think feel like the I have to watch the movie one I've done. <laughs> when I had to watch yeah. his. Mm-hmm. Hey, if it's bad, then you can just get the full breakdown right there, and then you don't mm-hmm. even have to be morbidly curious to go seek it out. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the longest review I've done was the Rise of Skywalker. That was probably I'm pretty sure that that's the longest video that I've done because I had so many things to say about that movie. About a half hour. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the longest one that I've made, and I that was another. You can tell by the title, I really didn't like that movie, and I had a lot of thoughts about it. <laughs> I uh, I don't think I've watched this one actually. Uh, I'll have to check this one out later. You can just ignore, like, the really crappy stills because I changed those recently and I really dislike the old stills that I used to use. But they're in most of my old videos, so that's just kind of how it is now. Speaking of old stills, where does Mm -hmm. your avatar come from? Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is going to be the story. The very Uh first art account for anything that I used was on iFunny. <laughs> and my avatar on iFunny was always um it was just like a black and white portrait of a woman or a girl with like a blue V spray painted on her face or painted on her face. And I used that as my avatar like on all of my platforms for the longest time. So then when I decided that I was going to um do a YouTube channel, I was like, well, I need an avatar. And when I was speculating what I wanted, my name was still Spivey at the time. So I was like, oh, what if I do, like, a little gag where she's, like, a movie detective, like a spy, <laughs> like that type of deal. Yeah. Um, I don't play to that gag very much, but that is visually, like, where the design went. And the very first version of the avatar that I drew was actually just black and white. Like, it was just a grayed-out avatar with a black outline. And then at some point, my friend suggested that um, I could add color, and that would probably help make it a little bit more visually interesting. And I agreed. So I did the... um, The suit is blue because that color blue is, like, my favorite color. So that was just what I went with for the suit design. (laughs) And then the skin tone and hair color is roughly my skin tone and hair color, as well as the eye color. Even though, like, my avatar doesn't really look, like, like me all that much. It's, it's like, a definitely a bit of an abstraction, if you would, of what I actually look like. Fair enough. I got, like, some Nancy Drew vibes. I'm not going to lie. The detective my thing. Friends, my friends bully me and say I look like Carmen Sandiego. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. I didn't think about yeah, that one. Carmen Sandiego, that's what I was thinking. Just for fun. Let's see if yeah, we can they, find Carmen Sandiego. They call, me, they call me blue. They say that I'm... Blue Carmen San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Oh yeah, I can kind of see it. I can kind of see it. Yeah. So they're like, "Who's this crappy Carmen San Diego ripoff character?" That's <laughs> <laughs> what they call me. They, they don't mean it like in jest, but it's just like I don't even know what Carmen San Diego is. <laughs> <laughs> I do now, but at the time, I was like, "What the hell is Carmen San Diego?" <laughs> For fun, you should review a Carmen Sandiego thing now. 
Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, the, just change the outfit to red, but like don't yes. say anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what's that next question? Well, you skipped over it, so now I figured where it's at. It's five. Well, you're on number five. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how do you choose the next speed paint that you're going to do? And also, do you ever like start one and uh, delete it due to something else? Um, absolutely yes for your second question. Um, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you start something and it's just not working out. So you just, you just start over, you delete mm -hmm. the footage and you go on to the next thing. The Hamilton, um, speed paint was like my third attempt at drawing something, um, for that video. So, yeah. um, but as far as how I choose, it can, it can depend a little bit on how much time I have before I make the video. Because some videos, like, I know I want to make them, like, way out in advance. So I have more time to do something a little bit more intricate. And another thing is I want to travel to, like, conventions and do, like, art prints and, like, artist alleys and stuff. So if there's a certain movie that I know I want to talk about on my channel and I just really like it anyways, I'm thinking of doing something that's more like a print design. But if I'm just doing a video and it's just going to be, like, a quicker video... My go-to is drawing a portrait, just like a, a character headshot, because I can do those pretty quickly, and it's still relevant to the um, video. Very cool. Uh, mm -hmm. Any any hints as to what you're working on? Oh, I have two videos that are imminently in production right now. Um, they already have scripts written. They need some editing. Um, the next video is going to be uh, about the Oscars, about a recent event that happened with the Oscars. Um, and the other one is something is the start of something that I'm hoping to make a series, which is more of an analytical um, comparison series. So those are the next two that I have in the lineup. Interesting. I'm very interested in this analytical comparison since you're mm -hmm. being very vague about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not as interesting as I'm my vaguity makes it sound. <laughs> Clickbait. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's, it'll be pretty upfront what it is. Basically the short answer is I'm going to be comparing two movies um, in a particular way. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, you got the next question then you're number yes. seven. Yeah. So one of your videos recently blew up. Uh, is there anything you'd like to change about it now that it has blown up? I really wish I had my new stills for that video because it wasn't yeah. too long after that video that I ended up um, deciding that I needed to redesign them and make the newer ones, that I, which I like infinitely better than the old ones. Um, another thing was the actual design that you see by the end of the video. I ended up going back and changing it a little bit more and... Oh, excuse me. Um, I end I linked to them in like the pinned comment at the bottom of the video, mm -hmm. but I ended up changing up the design slightly. Um, yeah, you can see there. I made a version two and a two point one, if you would, which was a little bit different than what you actually saw in the video. So I wish I had had those to actually put in, but that's all. Like, uh, I ended up having those done like a week after I actually made the video, and at that point, who would have knows if the who there's no telling if the algorithm would have actually picked it up by then or not. So mm -hmm. fair enough. Anything. Uh, I did enjoy this video quite a bit, by the way. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah. That one was like, 
that wasn't even my idea to originally do that video. My friend was like, you should do this. And I was initially kind of like, oh, no, I don't think I will. And then she was like, no, 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 it'll be fun. And then she started like brainstorming ideas with me. And at some point in the process, I was like, yeah, this actually does sound fun. I'll, I'll go ahead and do that. And now I owe her everything. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, you, Your friends will suggest something and you're like, ah, whatever, brush it off. And then you'll end up just kind of half-heartedly thinking, ah, oh, fine. And then you, you get into it. It's like, this is a lot of fun. I'm doing this. I'm taking it really seriously. And then that video blows up. It's like, wow, you wouldn't think your friends would have that good insight, right? Mm. Yeah. This video ended up being kind of strange because this it ended up going a lot farther than I thought it Um, uh, I was trying to think of the specific example. Oh, yeah. The one thing that people seem to really like about this design outside of like the visual aspect was the renaming. And one really weird thing that ended up happening was there was some other bigger channel. I don't know much about his content, but he was just scrolling through Twitter, mm -hmm. like about the topic when it was popular. And he ended up just coincidentally stopping on my tweet where I posted the artwork while he was scrolling. And then if you go down into his comment sections, the top comments are about my renaming and my redesign. <laughs> Which is, like, so weird because <laughs> that's something that's pure luck. That's not anything that you have any control over. That was just a stroke of luck that that ended up there. And then people, like, in the replies were like, oh, yeah, she did a video on it. Go Like, here's her video. And they were, like, linking it. That's and I was awesome. like, wow. I was like, yeah, but I was like, how do you account for this? Like, when you're... <laughs> when you're planning a video and hoping that it blows up this is something that's just pure luck but yeah i appreciated it that's for sure that's that's really cool I, and uh it's it's funny how the internet sleuths for things like you just might see a clip of something in, in oh, a big yeah. youtuber's video and all of a sudden it's like oh my gosh i know what that is here's the yeah, link yeah, the guys. only the only reason i even knew about it was because somebody found my twitter off of seeing the handle in the background and like replied to one of my tweets like hey i saw you in this guy's video good work and i was like i'm sorry you saw me in what video i've not heard about this and then i went and found it so yes there is definitely some internet sleuths on that one. Oh yeah mm -hmm. all right so what are your goals with youtube going forward Oh, man, I would really like to make this like a stable like decent sized platform for me to continue to um, work and give like my thoughts on uh, movies and stuff like that. But one thing I'm really interested in further down the line is I want to be like an independent filmmaker myself. So if I can use YouTube to help like grow a platform um, that I can then actually like present my work to an audience, that would be really great. It doesn't have to be like massive or anything, but just like a smaller or just just a dedicated fan base that would actually want to see something that I made would be like the dream. Like um, Star Wars Theory did with his Vader episode. I don't know if you watched that. I did watch that. Yeah, I've not. I don't watch his content too much, but I did watch that um, uh, video or th the short movie. But yeah, people were like super into that just because they liked the personality of the character, no matter what. They liked him, so they were going to want to see what he made, which is something that's really cool to me. That's what it reminded me of when you said that. It's like having an audience that respects you for what you do, and then you do something like that. It's, it's definitely an audience that's willing to participate and watch something that you 
mm-hmm. put the work in and produce. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that's like the dream for me. I just want to be able to have an audience so that I know that if I were to ever produce something, there would be people who wanted to watch it. Like that type of deal. Cool. Well, I'll, I'll watch it. If you produce something. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I just like I'm in my first animation class and like I just learned how to make a ball bounce. So I have a long <laughs> way to go, but we'll get there. There you go. Well, if you want to animate a uh, shrimp for fun, um, the Grillcast could use a uh, you know intro logo. But I digress. <laughs> um, Will, uh, why don't you ask that next question? Uh, what are some of your favorite content creators here on the YouTubers? YouTubers. See that YouTubers. <laughs> Um, yes. That's hard because I watch like a ton of different types of videos um, and they have like nothing to do with each other. <laughs> if we're talking about in terms of more like media and movie related, I really love Lindsay Ellis and Red Letter Media. Those have got to be two of my favorites. Uh, Lindsay Ellis does more like video essays type stuff and she just published a book recently, which I bought. Um, I haven't finished reading it yet, but it's really good so far, and I absolutely love her. She's got to be one of the most intelligent YouTubers out there. And Red Letter Media, um, they're just funny. <laughs> like, they have you guys ever heard of Red Letter Media before? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, their yeah, Star Wars lo- review is, like, iconic. Oh, I-, I love their Nerd Crew episodes. That's the best to me. But, yeah, I love Red Letter Media as well. Um, trying to think of they're like some like smaller than like a million plus people that i watch a lot that are related Clearly to hopeless peaches stuff. yeah yeah i do watch hopeless peaches a lot that's for sure there are definitely some art commentary that i watch like miss zz or um ponder sprocket definitely i love peaches she's I talk to her pretty often. I was trying to go down the list of, like, let's see, I do movie stuff. I should probably mention, like, the movie channels first. And then Is this the right person? No, that's not it. It's, it's like, Z-I-Z-I. Oh, okay. I was like, what? Oh, wait. She had a she had a problem recently where, like, um, her channel got hacked or something. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I wasn't sure if it would still be up or not. But, yeah, it looks like it is. And what was but, the other one um, besides Miss ZZ? Um, Ponder Sprocket. Ponder. There it is. Yeah, and then I do really like um, just some less art commentary um, and just commentary has got to be like the right opinion. He's really good. He does really long, in-depth videos. You and uh, Hopeless Peaches have both plugged this guy. Might have to reach out to him. He's really good. He's really good. He's got a beautiful, soft British voice. (laughs) And he could tell me that I'm the ugliest human he's ever seen on planet earth. And I would thank him for it because <laughs> it's just so pleasant to listen to him speak. Um, Oh, this one's a little bit more recent, but someone that I have been enjoying um, a lot recently is saber spark. He does like animated movie reviews. Um, so he's, he's an interesting guy too. And he had, he finally had his veggie tales video come out that's been something his fan base has been asking for for a very long time and it finally dropped recently and i was so excited i'm gonna have to watch this i i I, uh i've been wondering what ruined the veggie tales um (laughs) i i am interested i'm gonna have to watch this um well neither one of those are vegetables that's the first problem (laughs) (laughs) that's what led to the downfall they weren't Mm -hmm. vegetables they weren't actually vegetables um 
So is there anything else that you would like to discuss with us or any questions you have that we haven't already covered? Um, I don't think so. I think we've pretty much covered most of the big things. Oh, I got a question. If you okay. could pick a video to blow up that hasn't blown up yet on your channel, what, which one would you like to blow up? That's currently live or one that's like I have planned because the answer will change. One of each. Um, Let's hear it. Okay. For current videos that aren't blown up, ooh, that's really difficult. Probably the Artemis Fowl video, honestly. I, I, I still really like that one. And it, people responded to that, like, more positively. And what I, I don't get, like, a ton of likes comparatively, but people liked that more often than they did others. So I noticed that my own audience at least responded to that one a little bit more. Yeah, I'd probably want that one to blow up. But if I had to pick of the two that I'm making, I, I'm really hoping that my, um, like, the comparison video uh, where I'm going to be comparing the two movies does really well. Um, that's going to be a, it's going to be the longest video that's going to go on my channel. And I'm really liking the script so far and I've been doing some cool stuff with editing. So I'm looking forward to that one and hoping that it does well. We hope so too. Mm -hmm. Everybody make sure you go youtube.com slash S-P-Y-V-S-T-U-D-I-O-S and uh, hit that red subscribe button. If it's gray, hit yes. that bell icon so you get every second of spy v delivered to you the second it comes out all right i promise i only make quality that's a lie but <laughs> <laughs> unlike us we I just make quantity <laughs> i just try my best unlike will and i we just make quantity hey there's <laughs> <laughs> we are at 300 plus videos at this point yeah Way i couldn't believe wow. it. Oh, i couldn't even imagine having hey. that many the good news about having a bajillion videos is when you start typing in krill, second result, bam. Okay. <laughs> Almost cool. number I don't one. Think, Almost. I don't I don't think I pop up even if you type in my full name. <laughs> so Yeah, no, I'm just not there. It's, it's <laughs> You'll get there. <laughs> I'll get there, yeah. Anyways, uh, guys, everybody go subscribe to Spy V. We want to thank her for doing this interview and you'll get to see at least two more segments with her on Thursday and Friday. Um, and if you missed Monday and Tuesday, we covered hopeless peaches and way too much news about gaming. So mm -hmm. as always, I'm Chris and I'm Will and I'm spy and we will see you on next Curlcast. Bye guys. This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Spy. Will, how have we not pointed out who's behind you this whole week yet? Yeah, on Monday. Oh, so do we? Jill the Krill, and Chris is Bill the Krill. Bill and Jill. All right. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Chris. Did I already say that? I think I did. Spy V, tell everybody about your channel before I lose my mind. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it might be a little too late for that. <laughs> yes, I do largely movie reviews and... 
um, analytical videos, but I also talk about other things in pop culture and media. Um, I also do character redesigns, and I always do an art speed paint of whatever I'm talking about in the background as I talk over it. And I uh, highly recommend you check out her views on Hamilton. It was uh, really interesting to hear about that. Being as a guy that both loves Broadway and loves uh, loves acting, I can't even talk. Musicals. Musicals and Broadway. I love both those things. Hearing her perspective was cool. Go watch the video. YouTube.com slash S-P-Y-V S-T-U-D-I-O-S I can't talk today. So this is Thursday. is going to be a fun video to go through. Mm-hmm. So today is Throw, throw, throwback Thursday. All right, good enough. Yes. Whatever. Very noncommittal, but it's okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's all about Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. Okay. Um, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege is an online tactical shooter video game developed by Ubisoft or Ubisoft, depending on who you talk to, Montreal, and published by Ubisoft or Ubisoft, the aforementioned company. Um, it was released worldwide by Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 4, Xbox One. And that's it. On December 1st, 2015, the game is also set to be released for the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and assumedly Xbox Series S in 2020. The game puts a heavy emphasis on environmental destruction and cooperation between players. Each player assumes the control of an attacker or a defender in different gameplay modes, such as rescuing a hostage, defusing a bomb, taking control of an objective within a room. Um, The title has no campaign, which, boo, I like campaigns quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, features a series of short offline missions called situations that can be played solo. These missions have a loose narrative focusing on recruits going through training to prepare them for future encounters with the White Masks, a terrorist group that threatens the safety of the world. Those damn White Masks. <laughs> Sounds pretty like, kind of a generic <laughs> yeah. enemy. Uh, Siege yeah. is an entry in the Rainbow Six series and the successor to Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Patriots. A tactical I don't shooter. even remember that one. It got canceled. I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> Um, a tactical shooter that had a larger focus on narrative, which I actually would have probably appreciated quite a bit because I love narrative-driven story games, especially shooters because they, they're usually pretty quick, so you get the whole story in like 6 to 12 mm-hmm. hours. Um, after the Patriots game was eventually canceled, not the football team, the video game mm-hmm. game, um, due to its technical shortcomings, Ubisoft slash Ubisoft decided to reboot the franchise. The team evaluated the core of Rainbow Six franchise, of the Rainbow Six franchise, and believed that letting players impersonate the top counter-terrorist operatives around the world suited the game most. To create the authentic seed situations, the team consulted actual counter-terrorism units and looked at real-life examples of sieges such as the Iranian Embassy Siege and it is powered by the Anvil Next 2.0 engine. Uh, The game also utilizes the Real Blast technology developed by Ubisoft to create destructible environments. Um, The last time I heard destructible environments that many times in a uh, description of a game it was crackdown and we all know I that one. yep crackdown three fully destructible environments gonna be amazing i actually like the campaign but not fully destructible <laughs> anyways um, i don't have a lot of experience with this franchise and i've already talked for the first three minutes of this video so why don't one of you guys take this away what do you remember about rainbow six siege and the rest of the rainbow six series oh uh, remember Sorry, you can go ahead. Blake. No, no, you can go ahead. It's fine. Yeah, you say remember. I still play this game. Um, <laughs> um, I definitely enjoy... It's kind of a newer game for me still because I didn't get it until it had already been out for a little while. Mm-hmm. So I'm not looking back quite as much with retrospect as much as I am looking at it as someone who still plays it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like how tactical you can be and how you have a lot of options, even though it's like the same map or the same game mode. 
Um, but you just have a lot of options about how you can approach situations every single time you queue up into a match. Um, and you, you're offered a lot of different pl play styles with the different operators. And you can do a lot of different things, and it makes it interesting every time, at least to me. So far. We'll see how <laughs> I feel in, like, an, after another year or so of playing, if I still okay. find it interesting. <laughs> I have always found the Rainbow Six games intriguing, but I've never really taken the dive into them, like, fully. And the fact that this one did not release with a campaign was really deterring to me. I really love story-driven campaigns as far as shooters go. That's why I love Halo so much. And I like a lot of the older COD games because, you know, Call of Duty always had some pretty good campaigns in the beginning. And then when they switched to the zombies, I really liked that too. But Rainbow Six has always been appealing and I've never actually delved deeply I into it. I think it was on the N64. So I, I'm pretty certain I used to play on that system with my brothers as well as the one on the Xbox. I was really into those ones. However, um, I haven't played in a, in a while. I have played Rainbow Six Siege and I thought it was very interesting. I was bummed about no campaign. However, I think it's really cool how this game sort of... I think it flopped when it first came out, but then it came back, and it's one of the most popular games now. I think you're right. I, yeah, I it has a, a pretty rebirth. strong online community still, mm -hmm. and that's normally a good indicator. Absolutely. I mean, especially when... A rebirth of a game is hard, but some of the most successful games of all time had a rebirth, like Fortnite. Yep. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. And Fortnite see, yeah, changed significantly. I'm not sure how much this game changed, but I know Fortnite was a completely different game when it first um, came out. I didn't play it in its early days, but from the footage I have seen from the earlier times, it seems like it's fundamentally still very similar. Mm -hmm. Like there are there are a lot more operators, so you have more gadgets and more like things that you can do now, and the maps have been reworked or redesigned. But fundamentally, it stayed pretty consistent through um its entire mm -hmm. life siege or fortnite oh siege sorry okay because i was thinking fortnite started out as a zombie game no <laughs> yeah <laughs> no yeah no, i'm talking about siege sorry. okay i was like mm -hmm. Oof. <laughs> okay <laughs> that makes sense that makes sense but i understand they got a little more uh consumer friendly and that was part of the drive to rebuild this game because wasn't it a 60 dollar game when it first came out it was yeah i got it for like eight dollars on sale so i didn't yep. I got, I got it for it. free because it, it came with Xbox Live for a while. Mm -hmm. That probably helped. I mean, I think a game, either when it goes free or if it becomes easily attainable, it either dies immediately or it builds up from that. Because enough players get in their hands and say, I'll give it a shot. We'll see what this is. Mm -hmm. So it was a yeah. good move. It could, it could really kill you or really make you stronger. <laughs> so. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh what do you guys think about this game launching without a single-player campaign? So many games do it now. It's it's just disappointing. And, I, I mean, the multiplayer is, is really addicting in this game. It's a lot of fun. But I, I'm a single-player guy, so I'm always going to want that campaign experience. Yeah, that's for sure. I definitely like campaigns, and I like narratives and stories in a video game. Like, there was a point where after I had been playing the games for a couple of months, I got more curious about, like, what the lore was. Mm -hmm. But instead of actually going, like, into a different mode of the game, I ended up just, like, doing, like, the Rainbow Six wiki and just mm -hmm. going through, like, the entire wiki for the entire game and reading about all the characters, mm -hmm. all of the backstory, all of that kind of deal. Um, 
But I kind of bought Siege, like, knowing that I was buying it more as a team, like, multiplayer game because the only reason I got it was a bunch of my friends had it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, get the game and then we'll all play it together. And then that's exactly what we did and still do. So I kind of knew going in I wasn't getting a single-player campaign out of it. But I still do wish because I still because Siege especially has gotten more interesting. It's gotten a lot more science fiction, like like near future science science fiction mm-hmm. um so there's a lot of interesting things that i think they could have done with that in a campaign yeah for sure so yeah i do wish that they had one that's for sure watch like literally a day before we drop this video they're gonna announce new single player campaign coming on awesome. <laughs> but it's like yeah. titanfall i mean titanfall was so much fun but it was really sucked it didn't have a, a campaign and then titanfall 2 came out and Titanfall 2 had a really short but amazing campaign. So maybe the next, you know, Rainbow Six Siege 2 will have a campaign. They've done, like, um, I don't think they actually made it separate games, but they did, like, Outbreak. Mm-hmm. Or not, Out- yeah, I think it was called Outbreak, where it was a bit more of, like, a um, like a single-player This is like, relatively campaign. recent, right? Yeah, it was kind of. I think there actually is another one planned um, coming out called Quarantine. That's the one I'm thinking of, yeah. Yes, that's something that hasn't come out yet, but it's they're planning on having it come out. Um, Outbreak was the one that they did before, though, um, and that was more like the single-player campaign, but it wasn't like a full thing, so mm. it was more like a short, kind of, that you participated okay. in. But yeah, there's the cinematic cutscenes. I've watched all of the cinematic cutscenes. They're really good for the game. Like Ubisoft's been making really good cutscenes. I, um, I don't like drop-in DLC seasons, personally. Yeah. I don't like the limited time factors. Like, like they did a, they too. recently did an achievement or some kind of a, a rec pack for a, a, one of the Halo PC games where you have, like, a limited time to achieve. It's a, it was a skull, actually. It was, it was a skull. There has never been in the history of Halo a skull that was time-limited that you couldn't get, um, you know, later on. And they did that, and I was—I just—I I tweeted at Halo. I said, "Never do this again. We'll never speak of this again." <laughs> so I'm like, and they're like, "Oh man, Chris is pissed off. Oh, we're never doing it again." <laughs> but I oh, just—I yeah, can't stand time limited anything in video games. It's like, yeah. but I should be able to do this anytime I want. It's a game for it, escape. They're trying to build uh, up the expediency so people buy it, but I—I I hate it too. Oh no, yeah, that Siege does that a lot. They have made so many like mini arcade modes. Um, just in the time that I've been playing, there have been several, and there were a lot before I even got my hands on the game. Mm-hmm. And they're only out for, like, the the most recent one was called, like, um, Mute Protocol or something. And it was, like, this different, unique arcade-type mode. But then it's, like, once it's over, you don't get to play it again. I really wish that they had, like, some sort of arcade mode where they would, mm-hmm. like, cycle through the older um, n- different modes that they give you, but... It don't have that. It's like once it's gone, it's gone. I'm so interested in this outbreak thing now. I'm like so yeah. invested in it. <laughs> yeah. Just this from is, this trailer. is like this is like one turn where they really started to go more science fiction yep. with Rainbow. Uh, this outbreak because it's like I mean it's like zombie meteorite like and viruses so that type of deal. I think there's like ash thermite. Um, and Tachanka are in this for sure. Jaeger is in this. T- oh, that's Ash. That's like kind of like the poster child mm-hmm. for the game. 
she's sort of like the FBI main leader tactician okay. within the lore. I wonder what the chances are that, that Rainbow Six has a new game in the next five years instead of just continuing to expand Siege. I think mean, it depends on how much they have player retention in this game. Yeah. I mean, we know GTA 6 is never happening, so... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there'll be a new Rainbow Six anytime. I don't know. They seem to be putting a lot of focus into just making like add-ons to Siege mm-hmm. rather than actually putting it... Because they would have enough material, I think, at this point for a whole second game um, yeah. in Siege with the amount of stuff that they've done just in within Siege, so I don't know if they're going to actually go and make a second game or not. Or another one. Not for a while, anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's fair enough. I mean, they did cancel the previous single-player-driven game and turn this into a successful uh, business model. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> into a successful business model. I'm just... <laughs> it's been a long day, guys. Um, but I really hope that they do make another game with an actual narrative solo campaign. I, I think there's, oh, yeah. not, there's not enough of that nowadays. There was even a couple of Siege characters that showed up in a different Tom Clancy game that gave more of like a story for them than you ever got in the actual Siege game. I'm trying to remember what it was. <laughs> but it was like it was Kavera and Twitch, I remember were the two characters and Valkyrie was there too. But um it was a different Tom Clancy game and they like showed up and there was like a whole campaign that you did like, um, it was with Nomad. That was the main character's name. I do not remember the name of the game, though. Hmm. You were playing as Nomad, and you hmm. had to, like, help Kavera and Twitch, like, through a campaign. And, like, why don't we get stuff like that in the actual <laughs> Siege? That's mm-hmm. the kind of stuff I want to see. Uh, what's the most obscure but fun piece of lore you know about Rainbow Six Siege? Oh, I know a lot, man. <laughs> um... Like, obscure? Um, there's actually some kind of, obs- like, fun stuff in the um, this Outbreak trailer. These, that character right there on screen, is his name is Tachanka, and they're talking about an illegal weapon that got bought on a site. Or, yeah, is that you see that site mm-hmm. that Ash is showing him? This is actually super convenient. It's like an illegal weapon site, and just before the shot, you see Tachanka, like, buying stuff off of that site, like, <laughs> on his phone. Mm-hmm. It's like it's because Tachanka is Russian, and it, this is like a Russian site, so he you see him like. Um, <laughs> and another thing that's really fun about this is there's a big meme in the Siege community that Tachanka is like the Lord and Savior of Rainbow Six Siege, and there's actually a little quip within the Outbreak cutscene where Ash refers to him as Your Highness, <laughs> and everybody was really happy about that one. Yeah, um, mm. I know that. Several characters are like in relationships with one another too. Like I know that Pulse and Habana are in a relationship canonically, and also Kavera and Twitch are. It's been heavily implied. I don't think it's ever been like literally officially said, but it's it's kind of like the thing where it's like okay, yeah, they're clearly dating, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's that's about that's what comes to mind when I think of like obscure pieces of the lore. Yeah, I'm, this is a franchise I might have to try sometime. Like the new Siege, not the old. Mm-hmm. Well, probably the old games too, but yeah, I might have to try fun. Yeah, I would say, especially if you can get it on sale for like cheap or even free, it's worth like just checking out because that is a lot of fun, even without a single player campaign. Yeah. 
Chris, I, there's the Ubisoft sale on Xbox like every three months. So I know. Wait. I, I just noticed the the um, little piece of lore you're talking about with the, yeah, the, the phone website. and the website. Yeah, <laughs> he's literally like scrolling off for weapons on the site. And Ash is like, it, it showed up on this illegal Russian weapons trading site as he's like literally scrolling through it. And it's like, that yeah, so that's, on, that's, that's on brand for... Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and like if you go onto the wikis, you learn that like a lot of these characters have like kids... And there's like a whole thing between two characters. Their names are Sophia and Ella. They're sisters, and like their dad like heavily favored one of them over the other, and they have like a ton of beef with each other mm-hmm. because of that. So there's all sorts of little tidbits about um, about them and them growing up together, or how the characters knew each other before they became part of Team Rainbow. That type of thing. Just like Thanos and his daughters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Spy. And we will see you on next Curlcast. Toodaloo. Woo! This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Spy. And Spy, uh, since you don't work for the CIA or, you know, you're not Mission Impossible, what do you actually do? Um, What I actually do is all of those things. Plus, I make (laughs) YouTube videos where I review movies, um, make analytical, um, like, video essays. Sometimes I talk about um, larger parts of media, like, musicals or haven't done video games yet but i plan to Uh, i also do character redesigns and i always do a speed paint of art related to what i am talking about in the background and you gotta go check out her videos redesigning marvel's uh characters but also her star wars rant and everything else it's all good it's Mm -hmm. all good entertaining and uh informative if you haven't watched the video the uh, movies or the genre of movie in general you'll learn a lot Mm -hmm. so Go check out her stuff. YouTube.com slash S-P-Y-V-S-T-U-D-I-O-S. And no, I'm not just uh, doing yes. this for brownie points to get the judge to pick me over Will. I am <laughs> doing it because I genuinely no. like her content. No, Aw, thank just, you. No, it, it won't matter it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, as always, go subscribe to her and subscribe to us as well. If you aren't subscribed to us and you somehow stumbled on this video, do it. And like the video before you even watch it. That way, if you don't like it, you'll forget to unlike the video. All right. <laughs> I like this plan, yeah. <laughs> so today is Face Off Fridays, or Face Off Fridays. I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I so, still think we need a cool animation where like our faces swap or something. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> Spy V is the judge, or mm-hmm. Spy as she calls herself. And Will and I are the contestants. Yep. So the pre- uh, premise, the prompt today is... Do games like Overwatch and Fortnite actually need sequels or 2.0s or whatever you want to call them? Um, and Spivey's going to pick who's going first, and then we will state which side of the aisle we lean on for this particular topic. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and pick a person. I want to hear from Will. Every <laughs> time. Okay. Will. I, I had a couple <laughs> weeks that wasn't first, so I, I feel better. I feel better. There was like, you know, six weeks in a row where I was always first, but I had a couple off, so it's good. There you go. 
<laughs> so what, which side of the aisle are you on this one, Will? I want to say no. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> like I can Good, say something Chris, else. Because otherwise we're going to be you know, on the same team. Not much of an argument there. <laughs> All right. Uh, so now since you picked Will to go first, he will have to go first and state what his opinion is and why and defend it. And then you'll have a chance to answer, ask him one question. I can object if it's not relevant to the actual debate being had. So if, you know, Will says something <laughs> about Minecraft and I'm like, now wait a second. <laughs> this has nothing to do with the topic. <laughs> then I can say, I object. And you're going to tell me I'm wrong and you'll keep it in the argument. But that's Now fine. I have to bring up Minecraft just so I can make, weave it in there, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he'll do, he'll do his, then I'll do mine. You'll ask me a question. And then we state our closing arguments in the opposite order. So I will have to state my closing argument first, giving Will the final chance to, you know, undo everything I've done. And then you'll make a decision and you'll either say you agree with one of us or you disagree with both of us and here's why. Or you agree with both of us and here's why. And then you throw the case out. So that's all, say, that's this, all it is. This is, like a, this is a yes or no question. It'd be really hard to disagree with both of you. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised. Yeah, sometimes okay, the judge is very creative. Them. Yes, uh, Hopeless Peaches right. disagreed with both of us, but also agreed yeah. with both of us. So You could also like agree or disagree with with one of us and then be like, well, but your argument's terrible, so I'm gonna actually <laughs> going to explain why you're right, but your argument sucks. Exactly, okay. that did happen. That, yeah. that, that would be fun. All right, well, All right. go ahead. All right, so the prompt once again is, do games like Overwatch and Fortnite actually need sequels? I'm going to say no. And it's because games like that are not iterative. They're you know continuously evolving. So you you know you have the baseline game you can buy into it or sometimes it's a free game and then there's just constant updates and with a model like that the revenue is not coming from each individual game it's coming from whatever new content or DLC that you are potentially purchasing uh, or grinding for in the game so this is something sort similar to like League of Legends or you know other MMO type type games which again. You know, the, people are not buying any of these games necessarily for visuals, so you don't have to worry about uh, updating visuals for each generation. Uh, and because the core gameplay is so much fun and because it's ever-evolving, so you can constantly add in new heroes, you can rotate out heroes, you can add in new weapons, new skins, new events, uh, there really isn't a need for a traditional sequel because, again, why would you fix something that... or, or you know, change something potentially or completely lose an audience... Uh, to have a sequel, and they're already, you know, buying into the game that they already have. So if you just add in those those content uh, updates, especially now with everything's already online and so easy to download uh, DLC, unlike games in the past where you had to buy, you know, each individual game, um, and it's really easy just to add in the DLC. You already have the game engines you already created. You already have the uh, tools ready to go. Teams are already familiar with the. The, you know, the engine and all the tools going into the game. So as far as a cost of, like being cost-effective, it makes far more sense just to release extra skins, weapons, heroes, than it does to actually create an entire new game and potentially alienate the, the entire population of players that you already have. Um, and then bringing in Minecraft, like I said, I had to. Minecraft is a good example of this, is that really you can just keep adding content to that game. You don't really have to worry about creating Minecraft 2. There has been some spin-offs which have gone in different directions, but none of them have hit as as well as that original Minecraft game. And there's a reason why Minecraft from you know 10 years ago looks essentially the same as the Minecraft of today. And it's because it's one of those games that you could just 
add in new content and people will buy those DLC packs and you don't have to worry about buying the, like, you know, Minecraft 2. Uh, yeah, I think I'm in there. I'm kind of rambling now. <laughs> Spivey, do you have a question for Will? Oh, let's see. So what would your response be if creators of the, of a video game wanted to include something in a DLC that just wouldn't work mechanically with the base game that they initially created? What would you then suggest? Good one. Spin-off. You have to do. <laughs> I think a spin-off would work, just like I was talking with Minecraft. So Minecraft Dungeons wouldn't, doesn't really necessarily work with the baseline game. So um, you can still have the mainline game going, and then you can still pursue those extra options and you know creativity that the developers might have without necessarily alienating or changing too much the base formula. And this is something that happens in beer all the time. So I know this has nothing to do with this conversation, but usually when you have a big beer company, you have these brewmasters, they have to constantly pump out Budweiser. They can't change the flavor. However, they can experiment and have something different. So you're not worried about, you're not making Budweiser 2, you're making Shock Top, for example. Your story. And that the guy who made Shock Top went off to make Urban Chestnut uh, beer to another St. Louis brewery. We're going. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's my turn, unless 5V has anything further. No, let's hear what Chris has to say. <laughs> okay, let's just put it this way, Will. Fundamentally, your argument has a giant flaw, all right? Let me see. What is it? Well, think Objection. about this. <laughs> <laughs> How do you make a current-gen game look next-gen without upgrading the engine or visuals significantly such that it would almost make sense to call it a sequel? How do you get new players into a game that has fundamentally, like, completely finished ranked playlists? Like, at some point, people are so good at this game that new players have no chance at being the best at this game. Like, the, the playlists are overrun by people who have been playing this game for five to ten years. I'm not saying the sequel has to come quickly or, or early, but... At a, at a time when next-gen systems are coming out, I fully expect Overwatch 2. I fully expect Fortnite 2. These games are being redeveloped, redesigned for a next-gen system. And the way to signify that from a marketing standpoint is to call it 2.0. If you don't call it 2.0, it's just Fortnite getting ported to a new system. And, oh, what's the fun in that? How do you sell that to people? You can't. It's just still Fortnite. It's just still Overwatch. When Minecraft went full-blown, um, you know, multi-platform, multi, uh, people can play it together on across the PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, PC, Steam, iOS, Android. It became Minecraft Bedrock Edition. It got up graphics. It was a new version of Minecraft that was rebuilt from the ground up to work on everything. And so to signify that, they called it Minecraft Bedrock Edition. And on my Xbox One, I have Minecraft Xbox, Xbox One Edition. I have Minecraft just Minecraft. It's essentially the 2.0 of Minecraft. It's the new version. The original Minecraft is not very accessible. It's Java edition. And that looks significantly different from what we have nowadays. So I think there's a place for sequels to these giant games. Um, and, I, and that's really what you need. You need to signify from a marketing standpoint what's different and why this is the 2.0. You can't just give it a facelift and call it 2.0 because it could be the same engine, could be the same this, that. Marketing tells me you have to give... Um, a reason why 2.0 makes sense but it should be there and from a marketing standpoint and a business strategy and from a player 
uh, leaderboard strategy, you would almost want to start over from scratch, change some mechanics so that people relearn the system, learn a new system, and can have an opportunity to succeed at the new game. Whereas Fortnite is so saturated at this point, and they change it consistently, but the leaderboards don't really change because the mechanics are so similar that uh, unless you're like, you know, <laughs> naturally a god at Fortnite, you're probably not going to climb the leaderboards. So I do think fundamentally a sequel to a game like Fortnite or Overwatch has a place in the game industry. Unlike Madden. <laughs> but that's another story. Uh, sequels mm-hmm. for these games should exist, and that's why. So do you have a question for me? I don't know. I don't think I can really think of a good one for you. Uh, yeah, I think I, I think you said enough for me to have a decent opinion on all of it. All right, here's my closing argument then. Overwatch <laughs> 2. I'm marketing this crap, all right? Go buy the 2.0 because it's 2.0, right? So it, it definitely sells because it's got the Overwatch name. And from a marketing standpoint, it's way easier to say, go buy 2.0 than it is to say, hey, go buy this game you've already bought six times, <clears throat> Skyrim. <clears throat> um, <laughs> Skyrim 2 would probably sell like bonkers, but Skyrim, probably not. It probably still will, but uh, I'm using a bad, a bad <laughs> example. That's a, that's a terrible I'm using a bad example. example. People will rebuy <laughs> Skyrim every single time it gets released. But Skyrim VR, that definitely helped sell some VR headsets. Uh, and then, for example, a, uh, a sequel to Fortnite will probably sell like Zonkers. So might as well capitalize on it, create a brand new Fortnite. And then you could support both versions for a period of like two to three years and make money twice. There's zero reason not to make this sequel. And I think if you change the mechanics, it might actually be more entertaining to watch too, because people would be relearning everything. And from the ground up, it would be a completely different player base that would be good at the game. So there's my argument. Fortnite 2.0, Overwatch 2.0. I won't ever play them, but they have a place in the gaming industry. Okay, my uh, closing argument is, think about how many times a sequel has just flopped because it just changed too much and it didn't resonate with the audience that the first game had. I mean, a, a great example of this is Dragon Age 2. Not necessarily a bad game by itself, but it, in comparison to Dragon Age Origins, it was pretty terrible and not well received. Uh, so, you know, and this with these kind of games, you don't necessarily have to go for that sequel because, again, it's an ever-evolving uh, game. It's a game that you can continuously change. And as you're going along, like with Rainbow Six Siege, you can change the overall feel of the game, too. So you can go from more of a realistic setting to more of a sci-fi setting. Uh, and you can you can kind of experiment that way and without having to change and have a, a second game. Again, uh, taking that risk uh, of changing your install base you already have the install base with the original game so if you you know switch it up and have a second game you may not recapture all of that and it may not do as well so yeah that's my closing argument oh right. boy <laughs> i kind of agree with both of you see to some i told extent. you it's possible <laughs> well i knew i wasn't gonna just be able to disagree with both of you outright but i kind of agree with both of you because i feel like I feel like the arguments boil down to it's an entirely case-by-case basis and exactly what the developers want to do yeah. with the sequel. Because if, if it's because if it's like, if you could present me a strong enough case 
that this would be a sequel and it's similar enough and yet different to actually warrant a whole separate game and a whole $60 price tag, then we can have that conversation. But if you're going to show me something that would work so much better as just like a DLC or a spinoff, then that's probably the direction you want to go. So kind of agree with both of you. I think an Overwatch or a Fortnite, I would say an Overwatch sequel would work better than a Fortnite sequel because Overwatch has like lore and a storyline that I could see being incorporated more into an actual separate game versus, and I know there's Fortnite lore. Like I, I know it's there, but um, Fortnite kind of has its thing where it just kind of has its seasons and it has like a different thing every season. And I don't know if it would be super popular if they changed the basic battle Royale um, formula, which would probably be weird if they just did Fortnite too, but it's still a battle Royale. Uh, that would kind of be like, <laughs> why? Why did you do that? Why not just make it like Fortnite Season 3? Like, you already did this. So, yeah, kind of agree with both of you. I think you make both make decent points. But I'm just going to have to say it, it should probably be case by case. It's it's not something that would always be bad, nor is it something that would always be good. Fair enough. So are we both shamed or revered? That's the better question. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, we lost Will. We lost Will. Oh no. He, I think he shamed himself out of the call. He said his internet went out. So. Oh no. Um, he's he's like, who won? Who won? Who won? <laughs> he just keeps messaging me. Who won? All right. Um, uh, I'm just gonna say man. me. I'm just gonna say me to him. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> Just tell no, them no, no. Not, I cl- clearly, uh, uh, you agree with both of our points that they're not bad. And I'm gonna make Will's face bigger so he's still part of this conversation. And you get the, uh, yeah, you get the ability to sign this one off though. So, um, oh, okay. What's my what's my line? I'll tell you in a second. So, <laughs> I just want to thank you for coming on with us. It was a lot of fun. Yes, I enjoyed my time here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, we'll have to have you on again sometime in the future. Oh and, yeah. Uh, to sign this off, I'm going to say, I'm Chris. You'll say, I'm Spy. I'm going to pretend to be Will. I'll say, I'm Will. And then uh, mm-hmm. I'll say, we will see you. And you'll say on the next Curlcast. All right? Okay. You got this? I, I think so. All right. As always, I'm Chris. And I'm not Will. <laughs> that happens every <laughs> single time somebody does this. Like, I'm not Will. I'm Will. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we will see you. On the next Curlcast. Bye, guys.